When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hello, good evening and welcome to the Fatback 4 for this Sunday evening. I'm Gav and as you can see I have Kev, Shawnee and Keith with me. Chelsea 2, Liverpool 2, yeah that's right, Chelsea 2, Liverpool 2 from Stamford Bridge in the Premier League earlier on this afternoon. Me and Kev brought you an immediate match reaction where we just got people's immediate reaction and a lot of people were um, were uh, upset. Let's let's just put it that way and I'm, I'm listening to you very right to be with the result today um, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but... Look, we've loads to get through tonight. We have, like, we've lineups. We've, we've four goals to talk about. Um, how Liverpool lacked control in the game overall, in my opinion, but lads might disagree. The subs we made, man of the match. And then we'll have a little chat about around, um, the January transfer window, the title itself, and what this squad needs or doesn't need looking forward to January or the summer. Or what it needed in, in the past and you feel it wasn't done because I've seen a lot of that today. Um, Sean, I'm going to come to you first. Um, it's a two-all draw. Um, it's away at Chelsea. Um, both both teams had issues with regards to who they could have on the pitch and who they could have on the sideline in, in their case as well, with Jurgen Klopp being away from the game today. Um, after the game, Shawnee, how are you feeling? Uh, Gav, you're in the WhatsApps for me. You probably think I was on the wind-up all day. I, I genuinely, after Leicester, kind of conceded a little bit that we won't be in the title race this year. And people might think that's ridiculous, but, and it's not an indictment on us. I just think with this Man City team, it draws, draws our losses and it, it's flipped really quick. And I've kind of, not in the, not in the sense where there's no fans, I've kind of just found myself looking at the Premier League the last couple of weeks going, this doesn't make sense to me with, how teams are having games called off, what games are going ahead, why these reasons are going ahead. And then I'm seeing reasons due to injuries and COVID. And then you have someone like um, Guardiola turning around yesterday saying, if one of my players has COVID, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to tell you if they have COVID or not. You're just not going to hear from me. So it, it sounds a little bit like sour grapes, but 
the integrity of the league is a little bit jaded for me at the moment because how can you tell me that Man City get to play at home to a, a Leeds with 15 available players and beat them 7-0 but then the game can't go ahead against Liverpool like it just none of it makes sense to me so I've just I've been flat when it comes to the football over the Christmas for many reasons uh, which I might allude to later but I just I just felt like today was kind of an indictment of our season uh, a Liverpool that lacked control and guile uh, when needed to be we go 2-0 up we give away another lead and to be honest with you we don't We it doesn't look like to me that this team has the, has the minerals to win the Premier League this season <laughs> Keith <clears throat> after the game it's a 2-2 draw Liverpool do throw away a 2-goal lead after being 2-0 up after 26 minutes it's 2-2 at half time um, how are you feeling after are you, are you dejected are you going it's one of those it's a fair result yeah. what way are you feeling <laughs> Yeah, dejected, Gav. I mean, we're never happy after Liverpool drop points or or don't win in any circumstances. And look, it's a, an away point that's at Chelsea. And, you know, Chelsea get a point at Liverpool, it's seen as a good result. We get a point at Chelsea, it's a good result. But yeah, 2-0 up in a game. But I think 2-0 was a false lead because we were never in control in the game. Do you know what I mean? It was really... Um, you, you take what you get and Liverpool took their chances early on but even at that they weren't getting a foot on the ball and we'll come on to individuals later on in the in the show but you know I'm coming away from that it's it's a rare game that I had no stomach for I didn't want I, I didn't care about the game because Sean you touched on it there the integrity of this league and it sounds sour grapes when you're, you're, you're essentially you've lost the league by, by New Year's it sounds like sour grapes but Shawnee's dead, right? You know, games are getting called off for this, that and the other. We're going today with, you know, players missing, manager missing. Every team is going through it. But, you know, at, at what point does this league... It, it's becoming a farce. Do you know what I mean? It's becoming a farce. And as Shawnee said there, Guardiola's more or less saying, look, we're not telling you if we have COVID cases, we're plowing on. You know, you see Leicester's lads out at the fucking darts not want to judge players going out and celebrating and having their own life, you know, but when your clubs are getting locked down for late COVID and you've boys going on a jolly up to the darts, it makes a mockery of why these games are getting called off. But the game was played, but at the start, I didn't have the appetite for it. I actually thought we might have took a bit of a bounce of beating today. We went 2-0 up, conceded two goals, come back. I don't think Chelsea were great, to be honest. That's my take of it. I don't think Chelsea were great. We were woeful. Chelsea didn't do too much. So it was a game that I'll take the draw from it, but in this, in the grand scheme of things, in the overall view of the league, it's no good for us. It's City are sitting back and, you know, putting their feet up. And as Shawnee is saying, you know, well, no, sorry, as Shawnee said previously, it's a hard league to win when you've got a team like City in there and, and they're only going to be the ones that lap up draws now between their title rivals. Have to wait and see. By the way, City were shite yesterday as well, but they get the rub of the green. They're getting the rub of the green every week. We're not getting the rub of any green, but not, neither are other teams as well because we've had another weekend of some shit refereeing decisions. Kev, um, me and you spoke after the game. Um, yeah. I think you were, I think you were disappointed in what went on. I think you were you were disappointed in the performance, but not the result. Is that what you said? Yeah, because um, if you look at the game over the ninety-four minutes. We were we a draw was about as good as we could have got out of that. We I was nervous going into the game. I saw the lineups and I was 
not nervous as in I expect us to get beat. I just thought if we're going to win this, we're going to have to be really lucky in certain areas of the pitch and a lot of things are going to have to go right. And I mean, I thought we were good in patches on the counter. We created some really good chances. We forced Mendy to make some really good saves. But at the same time, not once in that 94 minutes did we have... We did, tell a lie. When Tuchel made a change in the second half, for about 10 minutes, we had control of the game. And then he realised his mistake and he changed it back and we lost it again. We never really looked like a side with a three-man midfield against a guy against a side with a two-man midfield. We just never once got a foot on the ball and decided, yeah, we're just going to take possession and we're going to boss the pace. Chelsea inflicted a game on us and we hadn't the wherewithal to do anything about it. It's we look at the we look at the lineups now. Um I'll I'll get them up on screen for you. And you know, for me, after the game I'm 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 upset, I, I have to say. Um I think on the balance of the game, I think you're probably looking and saying, you know what, on the balance of it, it's probably the right result. But without having control of the game, Liverpool are 2 up. And I expect Liverpool to go on and win that game at 2 up. I don't care what control they have, to be honest. We'll get into why they had and why they hadn't. But at 2 up, Liverpool Football Club should be winning that game. They should be seen out half time. They should be looking to target 60, 65 minutes, make some changes and go on and win it. Okay? Maybe Chelsea get one back, but Liverpool should be looking to win that game. Um, and it's a massive blow. Um, we, me and Kev were talking about it after the game it's a massive blow to any hopes you have of winning the title because you know you're 11 points off you have a game in hand you have to play City at best you get that down to 5 with with 15 games to go but then you're looking for City to make 2 more fuck ups while you're annoying and perfect and I think it's very very difficult I'm not saying it can't be done but it's 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 very very hard um, Sean we've gone to the lineups. And uh, or before we do, um, if you're watching, please hit the like button. Um, if you're subscribed, great. If you're not, hit the subscribe button as well. Make sure your notifications are on and every time we go live, you will be notified. Also, you can hit the share button as well on your YouTube and you can share it to your social media or your WhatsApp groups or wherever it might be. Hit the like and hit the share if you can. Um, but, Johnny, Kev touched on it there, the lineup. And um, we are a bit snookered, weren't we? Like, yeah. you know... Simakas is in because Robertson is, is suspended. Van Dijk is there. Matip is out with um, COVID and so is uh, Allison. So you see Callahan and Canati come in. Fabinho, Henderson, Mil- Milner midfield astonished me. And the front three are the front three. Kev said he was nervous, Shani. Is that where your nerves came from looking at that midfield three? Because that's where my nerves came from. Again, now, Gav, I would have been sort of similar to Keith saying, like, I wouldn't had much of a stomach for this game before I kick off, to be honest with you. But when I seen the lineup, I was thinking, surely Kate has got to be in there ahead of Milner. Like, that's, that's, that's what I thought. Cause I actually think Kate has been very good in his cameo since coming back from the, the small injury that he had. But like you said, Gav, like, snow good due to injuries. And I think, like, we've, if you look at like throughout this whole Christmas period when we've been missing players with COVID, we've always had like a, a, a decent enough spine, but the midfield has been chopped and changed every game and it's just absolutely killed us because I think between the time we got on a run from the start of the season up until the Christmas period, we started to really look good when we seen that midfield tree of Hendo, Thiago and Fabinho it was perfectly balanced. And that seems to be all knocked off again. And like that was like a 
that was like a League Two game today. Like everyone's going on about um, the quality today. I don't know. There was loads of goals and all. There wasn't much quality. I thought Kovacic was very good, but I think if you look at him, midfielders that hacking at the ball for ninety minutes, like you know what I mean, it's never under control. It, it just seems like they were playing heads and mollies in the middle of the park. I don't, I don't know what the story. I've never seen any of our midfield players actually getting the ball down. They just seem to be hooking at everything, and it, that will start to show when, you, when you're forced to make these changes, Gav. When you think about it, like it's only really. Like you wouldn't say Allison was a big miss today because I actually thought Kelleher was okay. Was good, yeah? yeah, I yeah, thought he was good. And Simakas has proved to be a brilliant deputy, but <clears throat> it's just in that midfield. Like, it, like Henderson has been shocking of late. He's been very, very poor of late. Can, can I can I ask you something? I, I know, and I know <clears throat> we'll talk about, it, but can I ask you something, Shani? Because it's just come into my head, so I'll ask you. You saying that they don't get it under control and. You know, it looked to me like every time Milner got it and um, Milner and Henderson got it, everything seemed to be like, let's get it forward. Do you think, it, was it a case of them just not playing it right and not being in control? Or was it a case of them trying to make it that frantic sort oh. of game and looking at Chelsea? And this isn't an excuse, by the way. Is it is it a case of let's make it frantic in 100 mile an hour and see if they can keep up the oh. pace? Because, I don't think it was because... Because I, I expected us to get it down, Sean. I expected nah. us to get it down and play, play, play. And make them chase it. But it's they're well on top. And I tell you what, Havertz coming in deep and Kante and Kovacic walking like two dogs really forced us to have the rush out. I thought they were both brilliant today. Kante is always brilliant against us. He's, he's one of the best players to ever do in that position. And I talk about this. And they really made it difficult for us today. I don't know what the story was. It's just, we just did not look comfortable at all. And even Virgil was sloppy, looked uncomfortable. I thought Kanate stood out of the two there, it was just, and look, that can happen at Stamford Bridge, it's a tough place to go, like, yeah. it's a tough place to go when you've all your players, you know what I mean, it, it's mad we went 2-0 up in that game, because both goals were against the run of play, like, you know what I mean, we have that in us to counter, because we're so good, but so many players let us down, do you know what Gav, I think it's, it's starting to show now, it, it really is, and I'm not going to say, the lack of investment, but this the stale elements of this squad now that are really starting to show now, like, I don't want to hear about his numbers, but we can no longer consider it form. Like, Mane is just, he's not doing it for me anymore. I don't care about goals and assists, to be honest with you, because I reckon you could put any half-decent player in there in this side with the chances we create and they get goals and assists. His all-round game is very poor. There's so many tacks breaking down with him. He's taken two or three touches to get it under control. It's just, and this has been Mane now for 18 months. Shani, do you know what it's reminding me of? Sorry for cutting across you there, and I'm not comparing the two players here, but he's reminding me more and more of Benteke now. Benteke's goal return when he was with us for a year, when you look back at numbers, it wasn't bad. But he done yeah. nothing in the games. And yeah. Mane is starting to get to that point for me as yeah. well now. Look, I don't want to see that. None of us want to see that, boy. Oh, well, I'm not, I'm not putting these fellas on the chop no. block, but I think he should be moved into a role where he's probably coming off the bench in games and starting the odd game here because he's starting to look busted. Yeah. He, he genuinely... And I, I don't think this is an EJ. When you look over the time, everyone turned around. He was scoring at a decent rate at the start of the season. He's 7 and, and 12. People, people, yeah, 7 and 12 is not a bad return gap, but you need to realise if you put someone in there of apt quality, they're going to have that sort of return because we create so many chances. This team creates so many chances that anybody with half decent ability is going to do that. 
Mane is declining and it's declining where it's detrimental to us. The amount of tax that break down with him and, and it's just it's so frustrating because it's the same thing where he's running into fullbacks and he's not getting his head up. And he can, and look, he owes us absolutely nothing. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm not saying put this fella out of the pasture, but I do definitely think that his position in the squad needs to be looked at. Uh, not, not, not in this window because I don't think Liverpool, we don't operate like that. We've known that. But if it's not something that's done in the summer, then I don't know because... He's another one whose contract is running down and it's no surprise that nobody's really talking about it because if he was to go for free at the end of it, you kind of think, look, we've actually gotten the best out of him. You know what I mean? And I think that's the way we used to look at it. Mane was such a on-the-edge player. Um, instinctive. Like, look at the goal he gets today. It's instinctive, but his all-round play is just... It's not going to cut off for this gaff. I, 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 really, well, we- I really think now it's time for him to be, to be moved phased, not not phased out, but just given upgraded a new position in, in this squad. Yeah, upgraded on will be mm. the one. And I'm not saying going out and spend fucking 60, 70 million. I'd back club the turn any good player into very good player and any very good Luka player Jota. into a world-class player. Yeah. Exactly, a la Jota. So, it, it, it's starting to really now, it, it's it's past the point now where it's going, and might come back to him where you're thinking, this is probably him now, because it's been like this now for 18 months. <laughs> well, you're very bold, because I told you not to talk about any of this till the end. Um, but you're very bold. Um, but I know where you're coming from, and we're definitely going to get on to that later on, I promise. Um, well, in fairness, Gav, it's hard to avoid Mane when after about 10 seconds. Well, I want, that was my yeah, next question. Um, look, <laughs> he's taking the piss. Um, Mane made an impact today, but we need to sign players that can challenge Mane and Salah. And that's what we want to talk about a little bit later. And it's not a knee-jerk thing that we're doing. Yeah. What, what we're doing is we're having a conversation because people in the chat after the game and in this chat now as well, Ask these questions, and we like to talk about what you are interested in, rather than just dismissing it and saying we're talking about this. Uh, but, but Keith, yeah, go on, Shani. I'll take that. Like, Keith, no, I'll let Keith go on. Go on. Okay. No, no, go. go on. It's Keith. a red card. Yeah. If, it, if, it's ha- it. if it's a half an hour into the game, it's a red card. If it, if I don't think it is, to be honest. It is. Well, I was gonna, I was, I was gonna ask you that, Gary, Gary, uh, Gary Mac. Um, it's Gary McKay. He says, uh, "He says Mane declining by Hendo isn't. Come on, lads. No, no, no. We, we didn't. We didn't mention Henderson. That will come yeah. in a bit. Gary, um, Gary will mention Henderson. The yeah, yeah. Gary, you you yeah. mentioned that. Um, but we will Get talk about Henderson. We will talk about many players um, later yeah. on um, when we're when we're talking about this. Um, but Keith, is he lucky to stay on the pitch after? I think he is lucky to stay on the, I don't think it's a red card myself personally I think he looks at him and I think he puts his arm out but I don't think he gives him the sharp elbow that's the only thing I don't think he really gives him the elbow I think he puts his arm out has a look you know and that's it it's a stupid thing to do because you're you're giving the referees a decision then or the VAR an opportunity to do something now I think he's lucky in the sense and we had this with Henderson at West Ham um, when he got laid and creamed by uh, Creswell and, and we said at the time you know he's not getting sent off because it's too early in the game well it should never be too early in the game and that stands for whether it's you know 16 seconds in it's not too early I just yeah, don't think reckons if it's 10 minutes into the game he gets a red that's what he reckons 
I don't know. I, I don't. I just think there's no there's no intentional sort of smash with the the elbow or the forearm. I, I think he's feeling. I think he looks. Like, he does look at him, and I don't think it's as innocent. I think a yellow is fair. I think a red. I wouldn't have been surprised if there was an orange card in football. He'd have had it. Look, yeah, it was. Yeah, I said this earlier, and yeah, after watching good. it back a, a couple of times since, it was um, it was about as borderline as you're ever going to get. If he'd have been sent off, I wouldn't argue it because it was yeah. stupid. The ball was nowhere near. The ball was going dead, and he was laying down a marker. And it was it was stupid. It was chi- it was cowardly because you know yourself. Anyone who's played football, you know when you're going jumping for the ball, your your arms are going up. His arm didn't go up. His arms went about that high. The only saving grace is that he didn't do that. He went like that. Uh, that probably that action probably saved it, but if he was sent off, wouldn't argue it. Okay, yeah, I'm surprised he got says, away with it because it's not as far as rowdy either. He's done it a couple of times. Yeah, and mm. and you know what? I don't know whether I don't know whether it's um I don't know whether it's all the talk around him during the week because he's got a kind of a lot of press during the week with regards to his form and stuff like that. I don't know whether he he just. Had all that energy in him, but he just went the wrong way around. I think he is lucky to stay on the pitch, and I, I don't go in for this argument if it was ten minutes later. If, I don't yeah. care. I don't. If a fella tips the ball off and passes it back to his midfielder, and you smash into him, you can't get away from it because it's five seconds into a game. It's just you don't referee like that. You don't. But they do. But they no, they do. do but they shouldn't. You don't. You don't referee the occasion. You referee what is going on. What's happening? Yeah, the think? time, the the time stamp of a game shouldn't really dictate Absolutely. whether the rules apply or not. But yeah, yeah, just Gav, it, it's it, not that some sort of grand conspiracy. The if he does that, he ruins one of the bigger Premier League games of the season after 20, 30 seconds. Yeah, and yeah. and that's taken into account. You know what I mean? And yeah, they, well, they will uh, know that. You I know, know that. I think, that's, I, that's think just, I think it's a red card. I think I think he yeah, is. Yeah, I lucky. think so too. And I think I think, I think the lucky. timing it helps him. Ronaldinho uh, goat says could have been four v one if not for Ox shocking player. Um, I don't know where you're going with that, but yeah, he breaks at the end of the game. He, oh yes, 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 yeah. yes. Um, I, I thought he, he meant four one uh, when I read that. Um. And uh, Sean Swain says, Cesar Azpilicueta has a smug face, fair challenge. Um, okay. Uh, but no, I, th- I, think he, I think he is a bit lucky. And, you know, it goes on. And Kev, like we make up 1-0. You know, it's a mistake by Chelsea, but Mane gets onto it. And somebody that looks out of form, somebody that's kind of got a little bit of stick over the last little while, takes it brilliantly. Because for me, for me, when it drops to him, when when, it, when he gets it there, I'm th- most players would look to put it to Mendy's left hand side, you know, try to do him at that side. But he doesn't. He takes his time, goes past him, sticks her in the net, and I was fucking delighted. Kev, I was like, I haven't really started up. here, but we're one nil up. After the Leicester game as well, I was more happy for him than anyone else. Um, the thing is, I suppose he knows Mendy from international football, so he knows what he can and can. And you saw that late in the game when he had that chance in the second half. But the way he took it, and he took it in on his left foot and and slotted it away. It was it was a really good touch in the box to take it away from the. I think it was Rudiger, or yeah, I think it might have been Rudiger trying to get out of him, but. 
he he took it away and he he smashed it in. It was it was a really good finish, especially considering that they had just missed a really good chance. Kelleher made an excellent save down at the feet. I think it was Pulisic. Uh, Trent was forced into an error uh, to clear a ball on his left foot. Chelsea got a block on it. Ball came across. Kelleher dived at the feet of Pulisic and nicked the ball away. And it was only a couple of minutes later that we went out the other end and scored. And I thought, this is completely against the run of play, but we're 1-0 up. Thank fuck for this. Yeah, I was I, I was delighted because the, we were in, in no way in the game, no way in the game whatsoever. And the amount of times that we have that done to us, to do that to them, was yeah. Here we go now. Now we might try to, you know, put our foot in the ball. Uh, little did we know. It's. Um, John says, according to our fans, everyone is a shocking player when we don't win. When we do win, this is the greatest LFC team ever. Welcome to modern day football fans. I agree with you a little bit, to be honest with you. But I think yeah, there is a bit of that. I, I think what I, I, I try to do is I try to look at a game on game, and then you do have to look at form. You know, a Mane started the season for me quite well. If, you, if that's what you're talking about, John, with Mane. Mane, Mane for me started the season quite well. Um, he's one or two. Okay, games. He's some really good games. He's seven and twelve, but then he goes about eight or nine without a goal, doesn't he? Um, yeah. and he scores there today. And I, I, I want to leave it a little bit to later because I think there's more to it than the former players. I think it's what's at our disposal. I think affects what we have at our disposal. You know what? What forwards we have at our disposal and their availability and quality, I think, affects us massively when we have to rely on on certain players to just keep playing and playing and playing but we'll get to it in a bit um, Keith I'll come to you because we're 1-0 up um, and the control thing is where it comes in and, and I want to talk about this around the, the, not being in control of the game and then going 2-0 up because we're never in control Keith and, and me and Kev were talking earlier about it when I seen that midfield I thought we're not going to be a pressing machine because they don't have the legs right and Maybe we'll sit and maybe we'll we'll entice them on and try hit them on the break. And Henderson's a decent pass with the ball to get the front three going. Milner will work hard. Fabinho breaks stuff up really well and, and then can find players and, and do it that way. But Keith, all through the game, we didn't show any control. Shawnee touched it earlier. Every time they got it, they were hooking it away, playing lofted balls. Henderson was criminal. Like, criminal. Like, he just kept getting it and... These loopy balls to fucking know. Here I was, what the fuck is this fella on today? Um, and he's been poor over the last while um, for me, Henderson. He's had an illness, but at the same time, if you're in the team, you're in the team. You know, the sort of way. Um, but we didn't show any control, Keith. We didn't, we didn't look like we had a clear plan whether to press hard and pen them and then use our high line to, to, to an effect or sit in deep and drop a little bit deeper with that line and set it with stall that way. We didn't do any of that, Keith. And then we go 2-0 up. And Chelsea look ragged when we get the second, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a weird game because we do go 2-0 up. And the, the goals are just coming. You know, Chelsea are on top. Because Kev touched on there. You've got Callagher making a brilliant interception then on Pulisic. Um, we go up, we score. Trevor Chalaba makes a bollocks. Might as well have been Trevor Jordan heading the ball for all the use that he was. <laughs> and then... Well, after but after we go one nil up, right? We don't take that. Um, we don't take the um, the bull by the horns or not. We, we just sit back and we're passive again. And then bang, we get another one. 
the, the, the quality in the midfield today, I think, was terrible. I think Henderson, I think Milner was the worst of the trade. I think Hendo, I think Fabinho was absolutely pissed as well today, if I'm being honest. But I think there's so many of them are bad. I think Trent was awful. I think the forwards are all awful. Two of them get goals. You know, it's it's just one of them days. You know, the second the the control in the game, Henderson was frustrating because I think we expect it from our right hand side that we can make things happen down there. And the link up, people will complain about Henderson. Henderson gets loads of stick, and they'll say that we never criticise Henderson. We do. I think he's being poor. Certainly think he's being poor. Um, I think, you know, with Milner, you're 36 or whatever you are, but you're 36. Thiago Silva is probably 36 as well. And, uh, you know, Milner is like 36 in dog years. He's 100 and something because the mileage that he has on his legs, even though he hasn't played that many games like until he came to us, the type of player he is, he's just, it's starting to show on him a bit. And anytime I see him in the lineup now, I'm I'm never confident. Do you know what I mean? I, I just I, I don't know what the the point of Milner is at this stage now. I like him. I think he's a great servant that we've had, but he worries me when he's in there. And when Henderson isn't at it, you've no present. Do you know? I pray I would have played Naby today. Hundred percent, I would have played Naby ahead of either of them because I think the last the, the two of them play against Leicester, Milner and Henderson. Uh, Henderson. Milner comes on. Milner comes on, yeah. Well, they just... Henderson you plays. know what you're not going to get out of him, is what I'm long-windedly yeah. trying to say. You know what you're not going to get out of him. What you get out of Henderson is the incisive true walls. You know, the link up with Trent and Salah on the right-hand side and the overlapping runs and the delivery in. That's gone. The last while, that's not been there. So, you know, it's hard to... Uh, it's hard to, to try and save Henderson from any criticism because you can't he was awful you need a midfield to have control right you need it Shawnee touched on this we found that balance and Henderson was in the balance midfield you know it was Henderson Fabinho and Thiago and it looked good and you're saying to yourself right you could bring Naby in there maybe and one in one out and you're, you're not too bad but then you start losing we saw this last year you lose players the knock on effect onto others just drags them down and they just shells themselves at the moment whether they're playing well I don't know whether Henderson's playing through illness he looks fucking dreadful mm. absolutely dreadful so um, I'm not going to try and cover it up one thing that you'd normally get though with um, when we're playing Chelsea's Firmino plays and Firmino yeah. uh, Bobby adds that fourth person who drops into midfield and creates a real overload, and he 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 might he never really plays a proper number nine. So he'll leave the three centre backs to mark two forwards, and he'll come back and usually would sit on uh, Jorginho, Jorginho, but Jorginho, yeah. Jorginho never started. So it was almost as if Chelsea said to Kante and Kovacic, "Look here, we'll support you. You get the game wide. You boss the two in the middle." They're not going to run past you. They don't have the legs to get after you, but you can turn them. And that's what happened. You've got to give credit to Chelsea, the way they yeah. managed that first half. As bad as how we managed the game in the first half, in patches, they were very, very good at what they were trying to do. Okay. And compared to how they were in their last game, where they looked leggy, they looked lethargic, they... Kante look, came does, on for does, half an hour, but, but other than that, saying, 
Can I ask you then, Kev? Um, and Ronaldinho goes says that we need a midfield overhaul. Milner, Ox, out, uh, Henderson on the bench. And again, we we touch on on some of that there. But can I ask you that, Kevin? They look out on their feet when they play Brighton, right? Can't they comes on for half an hour, right? Does that yeah. give them a, a boost when they see what we're midfield we're putting out? Instead of even instead of even can't saying, they start it? Didn't he? No, against no, Brighton. He came, no, against Brighton. Against Brighton. Today, today, But he comes yeah. on. He comes on against Brighton. What I'm saying is, he looked out on the yeah. feet against Brighton. Can't they just come on for the last half hour? Doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. but yeah. Chelsea attacked that game with today with reckless ab- abandonment because Alonso never once worried about what was going on behind him. He trusted Rudiger to look after Salah one v one, whereas most sides who play that system they don't do that. Their midfield four was a four straight across the pitch, and they trusted their back three to defend, 3v3 if need be. Mm. And it was a different thing that we came up against today. And but did we play yeah, it with our hands, Kev? That's what I'm saying. We didn't have, yeah, but, we didn't. Yeah, we, we did. You no, know, if, if, we, if we'd have put, a, like, and people had shout at me now for saying this, right? But if we'd have put a Kate in there instead of a Milner, well, we said it. put, put an right. Oxens there. What I'm saying is somebody that's a bit more mobile or a bit more incisive yeah. or can affect things that can get the other side of you. Yeah. Then Chelsea's we, then Chelsea's four or the two midfield and Kovacic and Kante would look and say, well, we, we can't really fucking go up against these because the, the likes of an Ox. Now, I'm not saying that they'd be brilliant in it, but Ox or Kate will can get beyond you and, you know, get the other side of you and then start, like you were saying, Trust their back three to mark three. It's yeah. much easier to do when you don't have a mid Liverpool midfield running at you. You know, it's hard, it's it's very difficult to do when you have a fella breaking through midfield and going, right, I have the ball, there's three of you and there's three of my men, and they're gonna make moves now and we're gonna open you up. The that that's what I'm asking, Kev, is does that Liverpool midfield send out a signal to Chelsea today to actually go and do exactly what you said? It tells you how we're going to play. We said here the other night um, when we were on with Chris and we gave our 1-11 to and what we thought. And we all went for Naby in midfield because he can carry the ball and he can he can bring you 30 yards up the pitch. Now, at the time, you guys went for Matip, I went for Kanate. But Naby offers you that ball retention that... He can alleviate pressure just by taking it 30 yards further up. Milner and Henderson, that's not their game. There's no point in asking him to do it because they can't. All right? And they could have done five years ago, but they just can't do that now. By the midfield that we we started with, we almost predicted how we were going to play. We were going but to never, sit But never done that. But we never followed through on it. No, we didn't. We mm. didn't. We were stopped between an either or. We didn't know. We didn't press. And we didn't drop off. We should have. We should have like, dropped ten yards and yeah. put a midfield in there and went right. We're going to contain you now, right? And we're yeah. going to push into the middle of the park instead of letting you go wide. And we're going to make yeah. Jota come in and play as that extra man. And we no. never followed through. That's, we that's never how we it. never got control. Do you know yeah. what that remind, it reminded me of? Like the last couple of games that they remind me of Klopp's four season in the Champions League was the approach we had to the big away games with the yard dogs in the middle. Remember the breaks in midfield yeah. that yeah. everyone yeah. talked about. Genie, Milner and Henderson. But the big difference was like that was three or four years ago and the yard dogs had had had, had mile, they had mileage in their legs. Yeah. But they don't. They don't now. Yeah. They don't now, and that's why we are so easily overrun today. It's the same against Leicester. So easily overrun. It that was like a game of ping pong gap today. We had no literal 
literally no control of that game. And at the same time, Chelsea now have a much midfield control at all because they were just breaking and going down the line the whole time. It was like it was mad. It was like a game of basketball. But that that, but that okay midfield reminded me of that's like Klopp's four season. We were yeah. woeful away from home. Yeah, but uh, I was okay with Chelsea Europe. having the ball wide. I wasn't worried yeah. about them having the ball wide because they weren't crossing it to anyone. Yeah, it and was that, when and, they were bringing it into the middle, and we we had runners off the middle, and they had runners off the middle, and yeah. it's where their second goal came from. And look, was, Bar- that's look, when you, that's where you get worried. They get into a way of playing a parallel from Kovacic. They weren't causing as much hassle. Or that before before, on before we get on to the Kovacic one, I want to talk to you, Shani, because the Salah goal is a really good goal. You know, yeah. and I, yeah, I, I was saying earlier, if you watch it back, Salah plays a ball into, into the middle of the park, right? Not the middle of the park. He plays it inside. And the camera can't quite see him, right? But Trent just gets it and looks and just clips one 20 yards. And Salah's all of a sudden running. There's three Chelsea players over there, but but simple ball over the back of them, and he's running straight at, at um I think it's Chalaba he ends up running at, and he twists him inside out, and the keeper's not great, but Salah buries it, and again we're not in massive control of the game, Shawnee. But when that goal scored, you see Rudiger hands on his knees, Aspilicueta sitting down in the box, and it looks like we've burst their bubble here. You know, they're a big high tempo. They wanted to try to get something over. We're tuning it up now and it's 25 minutes old. And their body language to me, Sean, he said, fuck, we haven't got much left in the tank here and we're tuning it down. We weren't in control, Sean, but it's still a great goal. No, no, it's brilliant. It's it's Salah as best, but we don't even agree with you. They didn't look, when we went tuning it up, their approach didn't change. They no, didn't what I meant was that their body language, when they score, you see his hands on his knees, a real kind of deflated look off, off Rudiger in particular. Yeah. And Aspil- I think it's Aspilicueta sitting there on the box. On his knees, yeah. And you're kind of going, yeah. that look at, like, you know like when you get lose a goal near the end of a game and you see players fall to the ground like, oh, fuck this. You know, well, there's no way back. I kind of got that feel off them. But, but especially we were no use, do you know what I mean? What if they're getting two yeah, goals there without doing that? Yeah. And Chelsea are doing that game, and they're like, How the fuck are we 2 0 down here? Do you know what I mean? It's mm. a bit of a rope, though. And yeah. the, like, Chelsea will be thinking, How the fuck are we 2 0 down here? But if you if you watch an awful lot of football, which I have this season, the amount of times I watched Chelsea at Stamford Bridge where they would have been getting battered by teams who couldn't finish, one, one example being Aston Villa. It was one of the most one-sided yeah. games I ever seen there, and they just nick one. So they're probably thinking, "Oh well, we're probably getting away with it most weeks here because we tend not to take control of the game." Because that Tuchel winning the Champions League, I think, is kind of at the hamstringing him a bit because that negative approach that he came in and adapted got him a trophy, and yeah. he, I think he's reluctant to go away from that, and they've kind of stuck by that this year and. They were more positive than we were today and they really had a go. And then you look at it and you're thinking 2-0 down. That's because they're not used to that sort of approach in those big games. And I think that's why we were 2-0 up. Because it, it wasn't like we had to be overly brilliant. Now, the sec- the first goal is a bit of luck, but the second goal is, is Salah Magic. Don't get me wrong, but this is the killer. This is the killer. This is what I do. This is the characteristic of this Liverpool team this season that I absolutely hate is that a lack of control and game management is fucking shocking and it's been shocking in so many games Brentford away Spurs away Brighton at home I wouldn't even say West Ham because we never really we, we were never like Trent we get back into that game with, with a Trent free kick 
But games where we're leading and should be in control of, especially Brighton at home, um, we're just not. I don't know what it is. I don't know whether it's an arrogance or I don't know. We just don't seem to have that hunger or killer instinct this season. Uh, way too often or not. And like I said, draws are losses in this title race. And we've let way too many leads slip this season. And it's fucking infuriating. Now, not so much today because... You could kind of see it coming, to be honest with you. I could, I, I could see this coming. I'm thinking, don't give that stupid away here. And out of all, all the players, out of all the players to do it, it's Miller who gives away the silly free kick. It's just, it's just stupid. It's not, it's not 1920 Liverpool. What we need to be if we're gonna want, if we want to win this league, just not savvy, no game management, not slowing the ball down. Like we're two 0 up, and the game is still a hundred mile an hour. Mm. We aren't we we aren't we taking 20 30 seconds on a kick out, 20 30 seconds on a throw in. We aren't we going down under every why aren't we doing these things? But Duster says that you the, need to do. Duster says the trust in this side to go one up and kill games dead has gone. That I think that's a huge but, thing. Yeah, yeah, but that, that went away last year when we'd now back four. But we have we, we have the boys there now to spoil. Like it just like Van Dijk infuriate infuriate tanking sheets this season. Carl, you one thing you've been big on this season, and I've not, I've often not agreed with you, and I think this is why we walk together on, and I, and I, I've been kind of going, I think you're being a bit over being critical there, and I have to agree with you now, and I'll I'll say over the last every time you said it, I was wrong. The application sometimes is just not fucking there. It's not there. Like we we we're very. I heard Neville talking about it today. We're very high up the pitch. And Gary Neville is like, Thiago Silva has the run of the field there on the ball. Look at Madrid away last year. And the amount of times they clip balls over and they just miscontrol it. Marcus Alonso, well, wide open, very susceptible to that diag. The same way we were against Spurs. How are we not learning from these things? Why aren't we? We don't seem to be adjusting to our mistakes and our weaknesses as it goes on because we've seen these flaws week in week out Brentford were the first team to really put us under pressure under the high diagonal and feeding off second balls we're not winning second balls we're not dealing with the diagonals they're far too up the pitch there's nobody pulling games by the scruff of the neck our control of games has been shocking unless we're blowing teams out we're making it really really difficult for ourselves yeah, but, no- our, our, but our control of games Always come from application and intensity. That's it. Uh, yeah, and, and that's why. There, and that's why it's gone often. exactly. And that's why it's gone. You know, and this is where I see, I, I see some people. This is where I haven't agreed with people in the past, but I kind of get it now, especially when we look at the, this incarnation of, of the team. Right, air midfield was always functional, and the function of it was was to drive the team. Right, and what I mean by that is, I'm not saying they're driving forward and fucking shooting. I'm talking about driving every player around them to be that they're in the right position and they're doing the right things, and that makes everyone else do it. I mean, forwards, fullbacks, uh, centre backs. Those three midfield dictated as to how much we pressed, how intense we were, how we applied ourselves. Now, if you watch that today, you meant you you say something very interesting, right? Thiago Silva gets the ball and he's able to clip her out to Marcus There's Alonso. no pressure right? on the ball, Gav. If exactly. you're playing high, you've got to put pressure on the ball. This is what I'm saying. You cannot play a high line in football without pressure on a football. It's a simple... Because Thiago Silva can step forward 10 yards, look and go. And listen, Pulisic or whoever don't need to be playing right on your shoulder. 
They just have to make an outside to in run five yards off the back of you. And not only have they got the run on you, but the ball doesn't have to be even brilliant because there's that much space to drop it into that you can be a yard or two off and it'll still be okay, right? But if you watch it today, the forwards aren't pressing what they're meant to press, right? But watch where the midfield is. They're not sitting back and they're not, they're not forward either. They're just hanging around. There's, and there's no drive, there's no organisation. And that's where sometimes application can be, and I think Leicester is a, is a case in point, where you turn up and you think, they've listened, they've smelled themselves all week because they've listened to Leicester's problem and Brendan Rodgers giving out and whatever, right? How how um, how okay that is with what Brendan Rodgers was saying or how valid it was makes no difference. For me, they turned up there thinking, we'll win this game. And they never got out. Once they got knocked over rhythm, they couldn't get back in it because your attitude is massive going into a game, right? And then today they showed up and I don't even... I don't even know its application. To me, it's like, what's the plan? Kev mentioned something earlier. Tuchel makes a change, and 10 minutes later, he goes, I've made a bollocks of that, and goes back to it. I'm not a Tuchel fan. I don't think he lasts there beyond another year. That's my opinion. But he's still seen something and went and changed it. Now, if Liverpool had come out there today and said, look, this is the midfield we're going with. It hasn't got great legs, so we're going to have to listen. Fullbacks, you're going to sit back a little bit. These boys are going to break it up, and then you can go. But Jota, you need to be getting the ball into you. Manny, you need to be making the into-out runs. And Salah, you need to be doing whatever. But once you break down the fundamentals in that midfield, that's where it all starts for me. All starts for me. And that's why sometimes I understand people going, we need this sort of player. We need this sort of player. We need this sort of player. Because... 18 months ago, you'd argue, this is a really functional midfield, but look what it does to the rest of the side. But this season, we've looked to be more creative in midfield, particularly the guy on the right in the A, okay? Now, if you're going to do that, you need a certain player to do it, and you also need to apply yourself in a certain way, because he's going to be the man that's left all at sea for most of it. Right, because yeah, he's going to so be the one that pushes up and stuff like that. It, you know, it's, everyone's going on about Genie in the chat. Like, this is a fella who can't get a sniff at PSG because his legs yeah. are busted. So we don't. This isn't. We've there's a change of system that we obviously seen yeah. when Harvey Elliott was fit this year. Yeah, that we're going to be a bit more adventurous in terms of our midfield player, and that's why the balances was key. We seen that was why Thiago was brought in to change her up a little bit. And I do think that that tactical change has harmed us a little bit. It's it's made us, we're not as solid. We're not as solid and we're, we're easier to get at. And, we, and we've seen that in the games where we've dropped points. Now, Genie as a Liverpool player was unbelievable. And I don't think anybody in here would deny it. And he did put himself about, and he was great in games like today where he held on to the ball. But we do need to move on. And we did, We will need to look to bring somebody in in his mouth because I do think that is the type of midfielder that we need. Now, obviously, we'll get on that. So I wouldn't be banging on about, I think this is a tactical thing. It's an application thing. It, it's a plethora of things that's actually affected this team in a negative way. If you actually look, most games are scoring goals for fun. We're banging in goals. I still think we've scored more goals than anyone in the league. Maybe yeah, City, City just overtaken us by two, yeah. I think. Yeah, and they've scored bleeding five, six, seven in the last couple of games by Brentford. So you can't just you can't finger the blame on one thing here. It's a systematic issue, it's, and it's it's flaws as well. Now it is, Kev. It is a systematic. Well, is, can I just? We, we, it's we it's not a case of throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah, exactly. It, it, we've it got can be fixed. Clean, we've got a lot of clean sheets. We don't give up many chances. 
in all of the games that we've played this season, we don't give up many chances, but the chances that we do give up are good chances. And Allison has made a lot of good saves this season. We create an awful lot of chances. We score a lot of goals. The problem is we, we've gone a bit too end-to-end. We, we haven't got yeah. a happy medium. Now, today, yeah, today, going into today's game, we were missing eight players. Between COVID and injury, after today's game, we've now miss, we're now missing 11. So, I mean, at the end of the day, there is no one single signing that's going to fix that. No, there's no, but but I get that, Kev, but this isn't about what we're missing. When you put a team on a pitch, they should have a plan as to what they're to do. Now, if you you go onto the pitch and say we're going to play A, B and C in midfield and they're going to press, 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 and we press, 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 and we get played around, fine. Right, but you've gone with a plan and you've tried it. We went nowhere. We we stood, we stood like you know in no man's land and went. Well, what are we doing? That's what we doing. Stevie LFC here um, has loads of comments and he thinks we're ignoring them. I'm not. Uh, he says nobody listened. Um, I told you boys last week. This is the beginning of the end for Klopp's reign. This team is slowly declining. Yeah. He says uh, your boys are kidding yourselves. Look, uh, look at Klopp's teams <coughs> and his history. City gave themselves a hundred million pounds uh, boost and we sat in our holes and thought we were invincible. Um, uh, uh, he says he says he's speaking facts, but these boys want to ignore it. Well, I'm reading them all out now. So I'm not doing levels in the Have you got a laptop on a mic? You should come on one week. Yeah, it's all about the money, money, money. I don't know what that means. Um, but anyway, um, he says we we massively we miss Genie massively today. Uh, Shawnee talking out of his hole. Um, so there, Stevie, I've read them all out, and we will uh, on a lot of them topics. We're going to talk about them in a little bit. We're trying to keep them away from the game, but we will talk about them in a little bit. Um. But they get back into it. Um, you know, they get, it's a good goal. I, I like the Milner thing. Yeah, fair enough. He gives the free away, but it's a good, it's a good strike. Some, some have called it, um, have called it a bit lucky, but I think it's a really good hit. Uh, I think se- it's lucky, but he connects perfect with it. He's off yeah. balance. He connects perfect with it. He's off balance, exactly. He's off balance. He's not setting himself to hit that, and the way he kicks it, but he hits it perfect, and it goes yeah. in. And I think Kelleher. His dive is a bit ridiculous, but no keeper was saving that because yep. when you hit a sweet like that and it's going into the top corner, you know, it's a great goal. Don't get me wrong, but I do think he was off balance when you hit it and didn't, yeah. you know, it's, it's there was football fans. anyone could do about it. Didn't them, um, yeah. Hend- Henderson got out as fast as he could, but unless your name is Usain Bolt, you're not getting out to that. You know, yeah, but, but you're set in that position by giving away stupid yeah. fucking fouls. I, I know, but, but listen, you, de- you defend the free you kick. It comes, it it comes down with snow on it, and he just it's one of those. Like, yeah. if if we score that, you're, and someone says, oh, oh, we gave away a soft free kick, you'd be going, yeah, but you got rid of it, and he just hired a pure, like, not pure, yeah. but he hits it perfect to where the one it needs to go and like nobody's saving you could have two and goal I don't think you're saving it. Yeah. Keith, the second one does my fucking head in though, because again, there's no. There's nothing in midfield. And what I mean by that is there's no one putting their foot on it and going, I'm having this. It breaks. There's a header. It goes in. Jota gets beaten in a tackle by Rudiger. It breaks down to Kante, who just lifts the ball over for Pulisic and he's in. And again, if we're either pressing or we're setting away, Kante is not 25, 30 yards from goal, lifting the ball into Pulisic down an avenue where he's just running in on his own. It's all. It's down to us. It is down to us again. Yeah, it's it's a you know it's the the price of being five yards off everything today being you know ten percent below where they needed to be because uh, I think it's Salah that gets beaten in the foursome by 
Rudegard and then Kanate comes out to win it and he gets flicked over him and it's Henderson that's bursting his balls to try and get back because Trent is is sauntering and look we know Trent gets targeted on that side we we know that that's what teams do but it looked on all day and it's a nice goal it's a nice finish Chelsea had a few minutes of of pressure where they get the two goals back I don't think Chelsea were great today Chelsea have to look back at that and think like how we not done more there because they were absolutely shy. I thought we were absolutely brilliant. We're here slating Liverpool Garrett, how bad they were. Gary Cambridge going mad. He said, would you ever fuck off, Gav? He shanked it. He closed his eyes. No, I'm, listen, it, but he, he probably closes his eyes, crosses his fingers and I don't know, whatever else. But what I'm saying is the way he catches it yeah. is perfection as to where it needs to go. Uh, it's not quite Wanyama Anfield a few years ago like where you hit one in a hundred. Like, Kovac is yeah. a good player. He's a good ah, player. Yeah, he's, he's technically he's an good, excellent player. And it's good technique. And he gets the knee over the ball. It, it's a weird strike. It's yeah, like he glitched strike. in a game and it goes in off the post. It could easily bounce out the other end. But yeah. just how we got there. Fucking, that's what I know you are going on about. It annoys me though is that the original free kick comes from a position where the fucking attacker is going nowhere. Yeah. They're the worst. It would have, it would have, it would have gone out for a corner. So, yeah. he, you know, he went to he went to. He lost his head for a couple of seconds, Milner. And look, at the end a of the day, couple of laden about ninety minutes. You, he was just allowing today. We, we still defend it properly, and Keller got a good punch on it. You know, I mean, in fairness, it was just one of those. Mm. It was you one know, of unfortunately, those. Unfortunately, we're going to be seeing that for a while as well. Um, it's going to be in the goal of the season. <laughs> but look, it's 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 two two, and it's half time, and. Uh, do you know what? I want to talk about the second half as a whole without going into individual things, right? Because or can we not? No, no, no. I, I just want your feel. That's what I'm saying. I'm not going to go into individual things, right? So, Kev, I'll come to you. Because mm. the second half for me, I don't know I don't know what went wrong in that second half for both sides. You know, I think Chelsea had more of the ball and more territory. I think me probably had the better chances. Yeah. Um, yeah, we could have won it. But, yeah, but I'd say Tommy, Tommy Pickles is probably kicking himself that he left playing Lukaku at home because I'm telling you, 20 minutes to go bringing him on there would have been the job because yeah. that was literally they were all, that was all he was missing. That was all he was missing. There's more going on there to, than meets the eye, that's for sure. That's a whole, uh, that's a whole it, other ball game. Is your man still his agent? Who's he, Royola? Is Royola his agent? I don't think so. I'm 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 starting to wonder on Lukaku just to go off tangent a bit. I'm starting to wonder have Chelsea got a sniff on this Haaland fella, and I think no. Nah, well, did you not see Haaland on it? Did you not see the video of Haaland in Marbella? No, Real Madrid jersey on him. No, nah, he turned around and said, "I'm coming to play in Spain." He did said he? it. Yeah. He's got yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. He's, got, he's, got, right. he's going to Madrid. I, I, I was starting to I was starting to wonder whether they'd had a sniff of him and no. Lukaku's got fucking wind of this and he's decided to throw his toys out. Because you have to remember, like, when Lukaku signs for Chelsea, you know, it's all about I'm home and I love this and I love that. And, you know, everyone was telling you it was the last piece of the jigsaw and it's gone very sour very fucking quickly. Yeah. You know, I um, gave him the benefit of the doubt because I thought it might have been something like, you know, you're talking to Italian TV, something might have been lost in translation. But the the fact that it was leaked the day before they're due to play us. That's a mad one. And then the rest of the interview comes out and it got worse. He doubled down on it, like I—I I was just, oh my god! What you? I mean, I'd, this I'd, is, I'd the actually, problem is now. Tuchel's contract is up at the end of the season. 
I'd right. back Lukaku to outlast Hugo. Oh, he will, yeah. He will. Because that, that Abramovich is mad. Abramovich will get rid of Tuchel before he'll get rid of Lukaku. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Uh, Garmack. Garmack says, Gab, I said it the other night, and I'm saying it again, this squad needs a major shake-up in the summer. Too many players too comfortable in their starting positions. We will get to that later on, Gar, because, you know, a defeat at Leicester and a draw to Chelsea has um, has really ramped things up with regards mm. to the squad and stuff like that. And as I said, um, we like to have a balanced chat. We like to have a balanced debate, both on the four of us and the people in the chat that are going to fuel what we're talking about. And we won't turn away from talking about it. Um, we will do it later on. Um, but... Keith. Yeah. I just I'm checked. Royola's not his agent anymore. He's uh, he's moved away from Royola. Okay. But he was a bit Royola when he went to Man United. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but Keith, as we said, yeah. we had good chances. They probably had more territory. Um, was it just a case of, because I thought when I got to 75, 80, we're not winning this. And it was just a case of, it's going to be a draw and let's get out of the way. Yeah, yeah, Van and I thought we'd we'd get sucker punched. To be honest, um, I second half was was woeful in fairness. But Chelsea don't fuck all in it. Callagher makes that one save um, from who was that no, from no, Havertz? Was Pulisic, it no from Pulisic? Shot his shit. Pulisic, yeah, and he, he just straight at him. He makes a great yeah. reflex save. But we've had a couple of good chances there as well, and you know there was nothing really happened in it in the second half. That's why I thought it was a bit of a shake all around and I'd be more yeah. concerned if I was a Chelsea fan than a Liverpool look, fan. But any normal season you've got you look at the fixture list and you think, right, ooh, straight after New Year's, away at Stamford Bridge, take a point there. I'd be happy enough yeah. at a point. But as point Sean there. you said points are no use anymore. I, I know, you know I mean? but this is where the oh, I'm not being a smart fucker saying that. No, yeah, you're like, not. No, 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 no. We said this two years ago when we chat when we we, us and City were running at that 97 and 98 point season yeah, you couldn't afford you know that. when Man United were winning leagues and Arsenal you could afford six defeats six defeats was when you uh, you know your cut off point I mean you can't get six draws now do you know what I mean and and it, that's that's the state of play now so draws aren't worth a shite anymore uh, but I just thought Chelsea today um, they, they didn't do too much I know what Sean you're saying if you're bringing a Lukaku you have a focal point to that attack they didn't have that, but I didn't think they sort of put anything for a uh, centre forward to do. I thought they were poor, to be totally honest with you. But look, we're here to, to critique ourselves, and I didn't think we were going to score. I didn't think there was a late winner in it for us at all. I just thought we're making changes, we're taking off, we're putting Ox in for Jota. So naturally, Ox is a deeper player than that. So you're going to drop back. You've another player dropping back ten yards forward and where you were, and then you're bringing off Mane for. Curtis Jones at the end, so it's like, right, that's another midfielder in there. I've actually seen people slating Curtis. I mean, that's his first game since he's had a detached retina in, yeah. what, two and a half months? Some yeah. same fella who played and couldn't kick water if they fell out of a bow. I wouldn't yeah. mind, yeah. I wouldn't worry about honestly. If Curtis is watching, I wouldn't lose much sleep. No, we don't yeah. like uh, Turning on FIFA and players are yeah. just 100% against. That's... Real yeah, Raffo yeah. so. yeah. well, Ra- <laughs> Harper says Gavin the boys still won't address the Klopp issue. I've looked back at your what, comments, Raffo. Raffo's a wind up merchant. He has to be because what's this Klopp issue? He wants well, Klopp out for some he, reason. He said Klopp should leave and he's busted and he should go. So what I'll do is without any any of four of us um 
saying a word on it. Um, just type yes or no um, if you think Klopp should leave Liverpool Football Club and he's busted. Um, type it into the chat. And Rafa, we'll give, give, give us a, a shout for who you'd like to replace him as well, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Steve. Steve is still having a great time in there as well. Fair play to him. Um, but look, lads, you, you know, we talked about the Suns, we talked about the second half. It, I, I'm with you, Keith, a little bit. I felt that if we actually went and pushed this, I think we could get, could get sucker punched and it'd be just the way the day went. Um, someone's asked me to mute them. Um, no, I won't mute them. They're not being, they're not being in any way, um, not be offensive. Yeah, they're not being offensive. So if that's the views, that's the views. That's that's absolutely fine. Um, man of the match. I think it's a hard no, one. no Chelsea. Johnny. Are you talking Liverpool's man of the match? Yeah. Uh, it's, I'm going to give it to Canate. I thought he was good. I thought he, thought he looks very good today. Um, considering the circumstances. He actually looked like he was playing digging Virgil out at times, which Matt Matip has gotten very good at as well this year. But between him and, and Quivin. Mm. Yeah. I'm going to straight up, I think it's Kelleher. It's Kelleher all day long. Same for you. All Keith. day long. Yeah, I mean, I think today, Kelleher, Kanate, and possibly Simakas are the only players that came out with our any, any credit for me. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go for. I agree with Sean. I think Canate. Canate is pace. <laughs> yeah, right, Rafa. Yeah, you can talk now, mate. Give her over. We just stop oh, yeah, it. You're being lonely. Have a bleeding day off, buddy, will you? You know what? You can keep him on the hook until that. Yeah. You could have. You could have told him something in my name from one or something. You, yeah, you let yourself down there, Rafa. <laughs> <laughs> the mask slipped. Oh, God. Everyone imagine, else imagine, now. You can all relax. Fucking Sam Allardyce rocking up. And, uh, Look, we, if you're picking a genuine man of the match, a prop, you know, if we were picking over the t- over the two sides, Kovacic and Kante was excellent. He ran at oh. Fabinho three or four times and just dusted him. And I, that's the first time Kanate or Kante has played that six role in a long, long time. Normally, he plays in that advanced midfield role to win that ball back high. He was excellent today. He really was. He's a fantastic uh, footballer. He is a great player. He's one of those players that, I mean, Makalele had the position named after him, but he's head and shoulders better than what Makalele was. Head and shoulders. I agree with you. Big okay. time. Um, moving on. Keith, I'll come to you. The title itself, Liverpool are 11 points off Man City with a game in hand. Still have to go away and play Man City. So if you want to look at it in a really positive light, you could say when your game in hand, it's eight, beat City, it's five, and then it leaves about 15 odd games, um, 16 odd games maybe, um, with City having a five-point lead over you. For you, is that it? Is the title done? Look, I'm, I'm a are pessimist. Giving, oh, no, I'm an optimist, sorry. I'm an optimist. Um, I always think we have a chance. Until the season is over, until you're <laughs> mathematically out of it, I think you have a chance. City, we spoke about it. You cannot drop points anymore. And we're dropping too many points. So we need City to start dropping points. Will they do that? City were absolutely shy yesterday. Not getting spoke about enough. They were dirt. Teams don't put it up to them. We've seen teams go to City and be beaten as soon as they go out onto the pitch. Now, this happened with Manchester United for years. Manchester United would come out and would attack teams. City don't do that and teams are sort of, they, 
they're afraid of what City are going to do. So it, it's weird, like, you know, if Chelsea can go and take points off City, if Spurs can go and take points off City, if United can go and take points off City, then we have a chance. But I can know, we you're take points carried off away City? there now, for God's sake. We just wind, your day. wind it back a small bit there and go again. What, what, what? what? United aren't going going taking points off of anyone. But do you know what they usually the do? The they, they, they have in yeah, the past. But I, te- but I, look, I, te- I think we can no, until it's mathematically I'm not giving. I, I won't give it up. I won't give it up until it's mathematically impossible. I'm just like that. I'm going to nail that coffin shut here now in about two minutes. Right, go on, nail it, go. Right, so we're 18 games in. We're at the halfway point now, 20. You look, when you're looking at title winners, you're looking at you're looking at contenders, you look at the tendencies that the teams have, alright? So you look at Liverpool over the 18, 19 games that we've played, we've looked really good in some, we've looked really bad in others, and we're giving up leads every now and again. Alright? So we're what if we beat Leeds at home, we're eight points behind City, alright? So we will need to accumulate eight more points between now and the end of the season than Man City will. And it's just not going to happen because I, I get what beating key, them. That has to be including beating them at their yeah. place. And I'm, what I'm telling you is, key though, they could they could very well get draw next week to Chelsea in the Etihad. But what they will do is then win eight, nine, ten in a row, not a bother, mm. not a bother. And then then you what you're waiting for then is them. They need to then in the last how many games, eight games, to drop x amount of points. This. Yeah. Taken into account, we're always being perfect. So it, it's, do you know what? If this was Chelsea with that lead, I, I'd be saying it's a big task, but it's not over. But this Man City side, I'll tell you what, they're one of the worst hunters. They're shy when they need to pull results out of bag, when they're chasing leads. But see how holding on to them? They are mm. fucking relentless. There hasn't been a team yeah. in the history of the competition that have been better than them. And I'd say this is probably the third best. Man City team that club's gone mm. up against. This isn't even their best side. Yeah. But they're just fucking relentless. They have any they don't even have an out and out forward. Gundogan didn't good. play yesterday. Grealish wasn't even in the squad. Kyle Walker was on the bench. And got, on top of that, with all this COVID shit going on, they haven't been affected by it, but they won't feel it. Because the squad is humongous. And this is not a slight on Liverpool. You can only look at what Liverpool have done. You can't base it off 1920. Yeah, I looked at, I looked at and, today, I, and I will say something. Liverpool, say Liverpool something. are averaging 2.1 points a game, which, which only, would put you in around 80 points for the season. Yeah, but there's only know. two 90-point teams in this league. And I said it weeks ago, even when Chelsea were ahead, and you can go back and check, I said there's still only two 90-point teams in this league, and I believe that, all right? So I think the maximum we can get now is 96 points, all right? You're not going to win this league with less than 92 so you're telling me that we'll only drop four points between now and the end of the season because I do reckon that's what it's going to take to win this. Hmm. And I, I, I'm not, I'd, I'm not, I'm not I'd saying... normally be, I'd normally be optimistic, but this team, when they're in the lead, they don't give fucking anything up. And like Keith said yesterday, they were short yesterday, but it does not matter. Teams are going to struggle. We will struggle away at the Emirates, at the Emirates this year because Arsenal are a fucking decent side now. Make no bones about it. They are a decent side. Yeah. They'll be banging off a top four. They just had moments where they were a little bit wet behind the ears in terms of playing these big games. Gabriel. But what did they do? City, bang, bang, banging away, banging away, banging away. And they just win. They got away to Brentford and they just fucking win. 
they win and that's it and that's the end of it yeah and uh, it, it's it everything has fallen for them decisions they go they play Chelsea now next week Kepa's in goal it's all going that way and you need luck to win a league title you will not win a title without luck it's, yeah, I don't care what anybody says people turn around going you're giving excuses this that and the other we had massive luck in 1920 we literally had our best 11 fit for 38 games I think you could pick the amount of times when players were missing out but we literally had the core of our squad was there for the whole lot Alisson misses a few games at the start but we get through after that it's literally like that. We, with the way the league is going, cancellations here, players dropping like fires, we can't afford it. A squad is not big enough. Outside the 13 or 14, we struggle. And that's just the truth, boys. I'm sorry. The only thing I'd say is... 14, 14, really good players at Liverpool. And if you're missing three, four, five players for whatever reason at a time, we will struggle. And it's because we're a well-oiled machine that is literally primed to go We've the best eleven in the Premier League, but it's no fucking use yet if you can't get them on the pitch ninety percent of the time. And I'm sorry, you do better in the second half of the season. That's the only thing you can cling on to. But the only thing that I and the thing that fucking has me up the wall, Keith, is what normally every year on the club. I think bar in nineteen twenty, we go to shy in January, February. I think there's two. There was two years (laughs) where we didn't score a goal on the club in January. So true. So you 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 you've given it up. That's, yeah, oh, 100%, Gav. Oh, yeah. 100%. And yeah. I'll, okay. I'll die on the hill because I, I genuinely think we are over. And not with us are over. Nobody's in it. I'd say Sky are up the fucking wall because for weeks you had Neville on his podcast. This is going to be one for the ages. Three teams really in it. This is why we love the Premier League. And it's fucking over. It's over after a week. All bar the bleeding, singing, all don't bar the shouting. It's over. They're going to be drawn up the rest of the fixtures for the rest of the season from the end of January to February. And I'm telling you, we won't be on the telly much. We won't be on the telly much and Chelsea will not be on the telly much because I'd reckon we're nailed on for runners up here. I reckon we're nailed on. I do. I think we're good. We'll get runners up and it'll be all about top four and relegation because that's what's going to sell subscriptions for them because there's no fucking toilet race to be had here. I'm afraid. And I really want to see us now attack the two domestic cups and and Europe. I really do. I genuinely want to see well, it yeah, go that down now because yeah. I think we've treated those competitions with uh, contempt for far too long. And with the position we're in now, we should be really going at them. Um, you can't attack all them without attacking the Premier League as well because if you don't attack the Premier League, you end up being dragged into a top four race. Yeah. I agree. That's, that's my only thing. Yeah. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll win enough games, I think. I think the question that we have now over at that top four... That is, there's no, none of them teams chasing us are going to obliterate that. West Ham are all over the shop. I think they got that first win in six yesterday. You know, it's a mixed bag. Arsenal mixed bag. And they all have to play each other as well. Yeah. So I just I don't see us getting dragged into that. Um, no. I, I won't give it up. I, I will concede that it's a massive ask. A massive ask, especially with, like you said, um, you know, what City do. Uh, I th- I do. I th- someone said in the chat there a minute ago. The only team they fear is us, and I do agree with that. But I think when you look how it's stacked at the moment with the Afcon and stuff like that, that's where even going at the January transfer windows and all. You know, Liverpool could sign two or three in the January transfer window. Um, th- I don't think they will, but um, I don't think it make a difference to what City have. They just have so many fucking players that are just signed on. You know, for 
massive amounts of money and they just have them all sitting there and it doesn't matter. Well, you know, they're playing a different game. I, I said it so, for so long and to keep up with them is an amazing feat. I won't give it up, but I think I think you make very fair points with regards to what would need to be done. And it is a very, very long shot, but I can't bring myself to concede anything on the yeah. 2nd of January. I just can't. And Gav, can until, I not get until, this until it's, Like, I'm not saying we're useless and we're out of it. No, it's no, no, I think that's what you're chasing be, yeah. this bleeding juggernaut of a yeah. City team. And I wish it was Chelsea, honestly, because I'd have no qualms that we could reel them in. But just, these are they're horrible. They're absolutely horrible. I hope Pep fucks off because I genuinely think if Pep jibbed it, Klopp would sign on for another three or four because I think he would fancy himself to deliver titles when he's not around. And yeah. it's not because Pep's ultimately a better manager. He's just, Can we talk about him for a minute? Yeah, if you want Because I think he gets... Sean, I'm sorry if I come across you there because I'm sure you are sort of leading the. It's not that he's a better manager than Klopp. I think Pep gets so much disrespect no, in he, England. He's a he's he's genuinely one of the greatest coaches of all time, yeah. and I think he he has unlimited resources, basically. Yeah. So if, if you look but at Tuchel, Tuchel more or less has unlimited there. resources, but right yeah. back was to finish above them. Nine times out of ten, I just think yeah. you peppers of that level where he he will just gear that team up yeah. to perfection, and there'll be no there'll be I no holes. When you I have just, the unlimited resources and you have the genius, it's too hard to pull back. So it's too it's easy also, to say that. Yeah, I Pep think, gets I think it the, easy I because think he only, has all the money. Exactly, that's the only thing that's that's the only thing that's against him, Keith. Like he literally has gone around to the best teams. And yeah. you know the the most the strongest financial sides in the league and the best team and but whatever. He changes and, the game. That's and the no, he does. Well, there's, there's, no, there's no there's no doubt that he's he's a really 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 he's an excellent coach. You know, I would would I take him over Klopp? No, um, and that's just for the whole package. That's just me, right? But that's the only slight against that can ever be thrown at Pep Guardiola. If Pep Guardiola decided tomorrow he was leaving Man City and he was going to Napoli. And he went and won a title in Napoli. I think it meant more to a lot of people watching from the outside in that he done it at Napoli than he ever done at Barcelona. Which, to be honest, is Barcelona side in two thousand and eleven. I want to say it was yeah. just fucking outrageous. Um, but if he went and done that, a lot of people from the outside will go, "Yeah, he done that at Barcelona, he done that at Bayern, he done that at Man City." But he went and won one at Napoli. Honestly, and, if you know, you'd have given Guardiola the club, the squad that club and inherited, it'd be in a pad itself. That's yeah. the God honest truth. Yeah. He won't. It's just the one thing that Pep doesn't get credit for, though, is his ability to manage the egos in the city squad. You've got 24, 25 international players. You don't hear a peep out of them that That's I'm not, not playing. They're all on I'm about 400 happy. grand a week. That's yeah. what. Yeah, yeah, but you, they still have the, they're they're still the minimum have the wage, but you want to see the bonus. They want to play. <laughs> yeah. and well, like, well, there's Fred and Torres comes out, gets sold, and Pep Guardiola comes out and says, people don't want to be here, they go. So Torres oh, yeah. was obviously kicking up a fuss. And 25 million profit, I think, they made on the back of that as well. Yeah, it was a yeah. nice little... And, and where Barcelona nice found it, down the back of the and, sofa. And all that being said, I would back us to beat them over two legs in Europe. Yeah, yeah. same here. Because uh, yeah. They, yeah, 100%. Yeah, because yeah. Cause they're perennial bottlers. Mm, but the yeah. same way, I fancy them to go and be brilliant in the Premier League. They're very good footballers. Yeah, that, that, and it comes so down to good. Pep again, doesn't it? Because Pep's micromanagement is what 
makes them so good in a league campaign over 38 games and it's what holds them back in the cup comp not the cup comp in the Champions League because he overthinks it and he tries to be too clever and I think you know it, it's it's like I said I'm a huge fan of Pep Guardiola and if you switched role, roles reverse he, he went to Liverpool and Klopp did he, you're right Sean he wouldn't have been winning bleeding anything because he needs the, the best players yeah. It's wankery, it's wankery, yeah. like, but compare him to a blade and famous painter or a sculptor, he's, he's a genius, the fella, you know what I mean? I think, I think, the, I think the, best. the best thing for Pep Guardiola, the best chance he has of winning the Champions League, is to use a squad, right, genuinely, use a squad from August to January, right, and then tell eight of them to fuck off. I mean that. And go into the, in the middle of February with Champions League games and go, listen, I'm not using 25 of them. I'm using this 17 from now to the end of the season and they're going to get into a rhythm because you're right, he overthinks it. He starts making changes all over the fucking shop and it just well, can't get that rhythm well, in. God, we thought he got away from that last year and then he goes and does it in the final. Like, yeah, so but the thing it's is, a massive monkey on his back. It, it, it's a big, big monkey on his back. It's a huge and thing. And it, fo- it follows on from the Bayern thing, you remember, because Bayern had won a treble under... Um, I always forget the guy's Young Poinkus. Young Poinkus. He wins a treble there, right? And he goes in and they're all like, well, Guardiola will do it. He's better than your Poinkus. And he doesn't. And that was a monkey on his back at Bayern. And then he arrives into City. And all right, this would be four, would it be four titles and six? Um, and that's great. They've, but the Champions League stuff is always, it's always around them. Um, it's, and they should be winning one. Let's be honest with it. With the stuff they have, they should be winning yeah. one. But look, we'll have to wait and see. You never know who they're going to draw. Um, because I think I wouldn't be shit scared if they if we draw them in a quarter final. No, I, no, 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 I wouldn't. I wouldn't worry about that. because no. by the time that will come around, we're in a totally different space. And I just want Klopp, I, I want Klopp and Pep to go at it again with two squads, no COVID affected two squads, and go at it again. And I want to bring this on to before we finish up, right? Yeah, we're looking at our squad now. Um, there was a guy on Twitter who messaged me earlier. He tweeted me earlier. What didn't message me? Tweet me. Um, Donks is his name. He's a nice fellow on Twitter. Yeah. And he said, look, lads, um, the overriding feeling amongst the day trippers at the start of the season was we had a really, really good squad, team and squad. Um, and we felt that some players that hadn't shown form may come back and show form and we got it wrong. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, and I'm no problem saying a lot of us got it wrong with regards to the squad. Um, but, I suppose, looking at what City have, and it's hard to go and compare it and, and say, what do we do to get to where City have the squad? Because I think it's nigh on impossible, right? Under the, the way we do things. And the way most teams do things. Barring if Newcastle go and fucking spend billions or, or Chelsea continue to spend, or you know you'd actually get the house in order, right? Keith, if I say to you now, right, forget what happens this season. I want and and January, forget that for a minute as well, because we, we've a, we've a history of not doing anything in January. But if I said to you, Keith, now we're going into next season, no COVID, uh, fans in stadiums, there won't be any COVID fucking about. I want you to tell me what what Liverpool need to do and FSG need to do for Jurgen Klopp to put him in a position there. We all start on the starting line next August, right, and we're all going for a league title. And we know what happens there with Guardiola. What does he need? Because he definitely needs backing, Keith. There's no doubt about it. He does need backing. You know, we done a show in the summer about what you do with the squad. And look, I, I was getting rid of 17 players and bringing in a, a good few. That was, you know, it wasn't 17 first-team players, but it was, you know, a lot of players, the likes of Mane, Salah, and what you had on the list as well. Because I was thinking along the lines of, you know, if you're not going to sign them to a contract, what do you do? They're running out of time. 
I think we need in the squad now. I think we need at least two midfielders. At least I think we need to. The midfield needs to be overhauled now. I think we need a forward. And I think, you know, what would I do with the squad? Well, I would give Bobby a new contract or else I'd let him run down and go on a free. Mane, I would... I don't know what I'd do with Mane because... I don't, I don't know what to do with Mane because you're giving him a contract. I'm not giving him a pay rise, do you know what I mean? And I don't know if he's taking a pay cut. So it's a hard one, but I would realistically look to bring in two energetic young midfielders. And you don't have to be two starting midfielders. I think we need to have an option that can rotate with Fabinho. Loads of people say Basuma all the time. And you get mentioned in the, the chat there. I think Basuma's too much fucking money. I think you're going to talk more north of 50 million for Basuma. Uh, well, he's um, only a year left now after this season. I know, so, but that, I, be in, I take him. He'd be a great signing for a good uh, price. He's deadly. For a good if price, sort of, and if the, we could get, make sure that his personal issues are sorted out, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, that that's, that's a given. Problem. That's a given. That goes without. It, as long as his baggage is sorted out, like then yeah. But that type of player that can come in and and can cover or can go in and play games, it doesn't have to be you know Jude Bellingham. I'd love Jude Bellingham in that team. Are we going to pay hundred million? I don't know. I don't the the talk, all the talk is Joe Bellingham would love to play for Liverpool. Would love to play for Klopp. Um, might get his way if. Um, don't do, well. don't do this to ourselves. Don't do this to ourselves, please. But no, but I think we need to have. I think the. I think Milner. We can't see Milner starting these big games anymore because it's evident more and more that he just doesn't have the legs. Ox, I think Ox and Kate have been good this season. To be honest with you, I think yeah. they've been decent. But they're two that are on contract renewals as well. What do you do with them? Um, I think we need two quality midfield players that can come in. Harvey Elliott, Klopp, the Mystic Free World, the same there, be like a new signing. Now, Harvey was very good when he came in this season and it'd be great to get him back. But I still think we need two. I think we need two midfielders. I think we need a world-class forward. It doesn't have to be a Haaland or an Mbappe. As we said earlier, Shawnee touched on replacing the likes of Mane. Look what we've done with Jota. You know what I mean? A good player in that sort of range that can come in and that Klopp will work on. They're the type of players, you know, we're not going to bring in the, the top, top players, but we just need to bring in the right players. I think that does need to be. I think we're, we've said this before, we're a couple of windows behind where we should be, where this squad is getting too old. It's, yeah. you know, we've brought in younger players. We brought in Kanate and he's starting to look like a really, really good player. Um, We brought in Simicas again, he's starting to look a really good player when we need him. And they're at good ages as well. And I think more players of that ilk into the squad. And then if you're putting a Henderson out to pasture, as in he's coming on and he's the Milner that comes into games, well, then that's fine because your squad needs to be better. So you don't kick out one and bring one in because then you're in the same position where we are. We need a bigger and more flexible squad. So that's I'd bring in two midfielders and a forward to start or to be challenging for the starting positions. We've got a space in the squad now to bring in one. We sold um, Shakiri in the summer without replacing him. Uh, yeah, we went into the, tried to give him back to us for folks. Like we, we went into the, we went into the season with a twenty-four man squad, mm. not a twenty-five man squad, which is absolutely criminal. Um, Dennis Sicaria's contract is up in the summer. I take in now. Gladbach are doing absolutely nothing. Uh, he's out. He's like a blade tampon on that fella. In for a week, out for a month. He's been very consistent this last 18 months. He's been 
playing regularly. He's had injury issues, granted. The other one that they're looking at, apparently, with injury problems was Renato Sanchez, but he's been hocked around every club in Europe. He's a very good player. Don't get me wrong. He's a brilliant player, but he's not consistent enough to in appearances. Barella would be a, a high on my list as a box-to-box mid. Um, someone who could come in, uh, who's dynamic. Oh, be mad money, Kev. I'm not gonna. You're, gonna, Scott, you're, Scott, you're not gonna compete with Man City unless you go and spend. Okay, so you have to. No, he will. Yeah. The, the thing for no, me is, is like he already has. Well, when, yeah, yeah, but I meant, I mentioned, but he did spend, there, and right? that squad was a perfect age. Jude, Jude Bellingham. Jude Bellingham. If if you were to say, just as an example. He's Jude the Bellingham. only one out of all them I'm telling the money at. Yeah, but the that, thing is, Jude, Be- Jude Bellingham, right? Uh, Basuma is mentioned there as well, right? But Jude Bellingham is is basically another Van Dyke or Allison signing. I depending on the way yes. you look at it, depending on the way you look at it. Basically, they were signed because we saw Philippe Coutinho, right? Now my argument always is is that we're signing Van Dyke before Coutinho yeah. ever opened his mouth, right? But you know. You can look at it again and go, well, okay, I'll give you that one. But these st- Allison, um, Fabinho, wherever it might have been, was signed off the back of the Coutinho money, right? Because FSG have this thing of spending what they earn, and that's what you're seeing during COVID. They didn't want to spend a fucking penny, right? But the Jew Bellingham thing would have to be one of those. Uh, you know, it's just way too good to turn down. But, Shawnee, like, we spoke about this last last January, and me and you are fucking apoplectic Uh uh what FSG were doing with regards to the centre half situation. And I'll ask the question because it has to be asked, right? I think for the model they try to do, I think they're really good at it. Okay? I think the squad they've put together is really, really good. They've spent money, there's no doubt about that. But you when you look, look when you but Shani, when you look when you look at what Man City have, what Chelsea have, um potentially, what Man United can have if they just had fucking hadn't got rocks for brains, and what Newcastle, despite what trouble they're in, will have in the championship. I know, I know what people are saying. I know what people are saying. You know, we don't need sixty million players. We don't need seventy million players. But I'm even worried at the thought now. I'm genuinely worried at the thought Liverpool even having the set turn around. And go, you know what? We're putting one hundred and fifty million down on the table this summer. We have to. It's a rebuild. We have to. And you have we to remember, s- they've 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 put out. These things around 2022 was always on their radar as a rebuild. Are you confident that, that out, though, Gav? Are you confident? Well, a lot, of, really a lot, of, numerous journalists did. James Pearce and his right? crony. Numerous, jo- like. numerous journalists said that this is what they were looking at, right? So let's, if you take that at face value, because you kind of have to, because you haven't done it in 2021. Shawnee, what I'm saying to you is, is, can you see a rebuild happening to the to the level that people are calling for? Because I agree with Keith. I think oh. you do new team midfielders. This, the next forward sign, and I keep saying and I keep banging on about it, is massive. Massive. Can you see it being done, Shani? Because I don't see it being done in January. And when it gets to the no, summer. Absolutely won't be done in January. I, I don't. I don't. I, I, I'm struggling to see it. I don't know. I genuinely don't know. Because to be honest with you, Gav, we could end up. We're another bleeding variant. We're closed stadiums again. And then the COVID bleeding bucket is getting rattled about again. There's empty stadiums and this, that, and the other. Look, people giving out about FSG. You need to realise what's happening here at the FSG. All right? They took over the club under a very set of certain circumstances, under the belief that there was going to be some sort of firewall called FFP 
that would protect the integrity and the fairness of the game, all right? But that's proved to be absolutely fucking rubbish, all right? And it doesn't exist. So from the off, they're at at a disadvantage, all right? On top of that, you'd have to well believe that they were of the idea that a European Super League was going to kick off and the money that might have come in from that, they would have been using to sign players, all right? So this is two things, all right? And this is the way they've always operated. And you need to realise that we they don't have the money or the resources of a city, Chelsea, even a United, because they, they, we're in the process of trying to become like United were in the 90s and becoming a commercial juggernaut and making enough money where the club runs on itself, all right? So we've been hit by COVID here. We've had to pay out massive bonuses. When If you actually look at the numbers, all right, they haven't taken a penny out of the club. And they've absolutely put nearly every penny into whether it's infrastructure, yeah. stadium renewals, or player contracts. All right, that's just it is what it is. If it's there, they use it. All right, they're reluctant to take out loans. It's, it's, it's a self-sustaining model on on every level. All right, they're reluctant to take out loans, and they're reluctant to actually dip into their own chest and spend some of their own money. All right, and now I'd I'd say that. People, I do, I get their gripes with them and they've made mistakes and this, that and the other. But this is the level that they operate, all right? Now, you need to look at our team going into this summer. Who can we sell that's worth about a load of cash? I don't know, all right? I don't care who you bring in, Gav. You've got to sell Origi. You've got to sell either both Keita and Ox, one or the other, or both. Sort it out between them yourselves. And then you move on with the, remo- the renewal of Salah and then you build... Club 2.0 from there on. Because who knows how long he's going to be going on. I agree. We're behind them windows. We can name all of these players now, but the price of them has gone up now automatically because when we go in, they're going to want them. We're not going to be the only ones chasing Bellingham. We weren't the only ones chasing Sancho. So you you have to believe what you read, all right? It came out after, and there's been noise after. We we bid 70 million for Chiesa in the summer, all right? That, and that's well known and there's lads I know who are Juventus fans from Italy who I work with and they were telling me that throughout the summer You, they are trying to get Chiesa they genuinely are and we made 70 million and we went to Fiorentina with the money because he technically still belonged to them Yeah. and Juventus wrapped it up straight away so they are willing to send, spend the money if they know going down the line and that's the only thing that makes me think that there could be something in Bellingham because you're signing Bellingham who will be the face of English football, I feel, down the years. I do, I do, I do think coming into it. Yeah, but do you blow, do you blow everything on Bellingham? Because no, but it like John says be there. Because I would genuinely trust Klopp to buy a, a 15, 20 million euro player from League One and, and tournament and get the same return out of it. At him now as he is from Mane and for him to plus that and grow as a player. We do not spend we don't buy world-class players, lads. We don't. We did it with no. Thiago, right? Yeah. You need, we did it with Thiago. Alisson wasn't world-class when he bought him. He had a, he come off a very... One good season he had with Roma. That's all he had. Van Dijk was... He was last one season. He, he was behind Chesney the year before that. He was he only at Roma for, for two years and he was behind Chesney in the first year. Yeah, we got laughed at for the money we signed Van Dijk for. We got Salah for Pintons in, in, the, in, in the grand scheme. We've we done well to get Mane. I think our recruitment hasn't been great. I think Jot is a great signing. The one for me, if you to get two players in the summer, and I know I'd, I'd get Luis Diaz from from Porto. I'd get him, and I'd, I'd pay the I'd pay the cash. He's ripping her up there. I've seen him live in the Champions League. 
everything was going to him. He has the chops to play for Liverpool. No doubt about it. I get Luis Diaz and I get Bellingham. And if I can't get Bellingham, I get Basilme. And then you get one other to complement and play as a squad player. And that's exactly what we need. Players of that ilk, someone yeah. who can kick on to the next level. Right. Because so, we don't buy world-class What about, what so about can Kessie? Can I just ask, I just ask a, this question? Is a I won't go near Kessie. Kessie is a donkey. No, He's don't worry Kessie. Kessie. But, but what I'm saying is, Jono says this, and, and, and I want to ask, I'll, I'll put it here. The model has limits. This model is no good for this league when you have to compete with the City, Chelsea, United every season, right? And others have said that the model works to a certain extent. They use users all saying, sign this player, I have to believe that we can get him to there. That's under Jurgen Klopp. Now, when we get to this summer, we've two more years of Jurgen Klopp, realistically, before he leaves, right? So do we just buy these players and let Klopp develop them and then move on, right, under the model? Or is it a case of the model only suits at this time to a certain level, right, because of Jurgen Klopp? What do we do after that? So is it a case of when Klopp goes, this model absolutely gets exposed? Absolutely. Yeah. There's no yeah. doubt about that. There's zero doubt about that. But you need to realise that he, FSG can't just turn around tomorrow and say, it's not like you're bleeding putting up a, a, a bike on, on adverts saying, I, I want to, like the money it's going to take to buy Liverpool. You realise how bad of an investment would be now yeah. for anybody who could afford yeah. it to buy Liverpool now. I've said it for ages. You're an asset at the peak of its value. Correct. When you could when you could literally buy, for example, a Newcastle for a sixth of the value and in a decade's time be in the exact same place where you would have been if you bought a Liverpool because Man City and Chelsea have shown that over time with money, it works. It'd be a terrible... FSG have been hamstrung by UEFA who haven't protected the game enough, so much so that they said, actually, we're going to have to fucking go into a Super League now because you and your poxy FFP are out to fucking us. And that's exactly what happened. I'd, I'd, I'd hate to tell you any other way, lads. FFP will is the damnation of FSG and I'm, yeah. I don't care if they sold us tomorrow I don't care who owns us to be honest with you I'm a Liverpool fan I couldn't yeah. give a shit people to have a bang on about John Henry I guarantee you John Henry wouldn't think about Liverpool from one end of the week to the other because he's so rich he pays other people to do that for him so you should be looking at Billy Hogan and the likes John Henry doesn't give up bollocks he just sees numbers and optics he doesn't care about Liverpool and that's not because he's a shit bag it's because he's a businessman and that's what they do. They're yeah, not I think, invested. I think, they I see think a, the level Liverpool are is. at, I think you're right, the level Liverpool are at, it's a case of someone coming in like a Russian oligarch, someone from the Middle East, someone that comes in with mega, mega uh, wealth where this is a trophy to them. You know, and that's the level you're at. It's a 9 out of 10 size club. It's not a 6 out of 10 size club where you go, I can get another 3, three 4 points out of this and make them a 10 out of 10 club. I'll invest a lot of money, but I'll get something back on it. You're not. You're going to have to invest a huge amount of money to stay exactly where they are and move them up half a notch. You know, the sort of way. Uh, Kev, Look at Mashiri at Everton, like. He's there with loads of money and he's doing fuck all with it. You know, money yeah, doesn't but that's, that's because they need to the, be bleeding savvy as well. Yeah, but the Liverpool are quite savvy in the people they have around FSG doing what they're doing. Uh, Everton aren't. 
you know, you, know. you see it. Like, but what I mean is, like, Rafa Benitez you know, is swinging hooks, trying to get the Hill boys. The club <laughs> could be a Hill boys. The club could be a Mashiri or it could be fucking someone yeah. else. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, all the hills are now with Hill, isn't it? That's yeah, but that's the thing. Everything, yeah. everything are there with fellas that are just, you know, Mark Marcel Brands and and you know, and he's just. just Beneath has took one look at him and get him away me. Do you know what I mean? But it's one of those. Kev, I'll give you the last word now. Um I don't I don't see anything happening in January. I, that's just the way I am. I, I just I'm I'm only going on form with regards yeah. to Liverpool. But when you when you look at what Klopp has left on his contract and when you look at what Liverpool have within the squad and where we are, are you confident that FSG because there's no doubt about it, you know the their ability to wheel and deal with this squad is reducing all the time, right? Because yeah. of the contracts that have been signed, the age of players, the form of players, how much you can get from them. Their, their ability, they probably have one left in Mo Salah, right? And um, that he could sell to, to fund this. But their ability to wheel and deal with this squad, I think, is, is vastly reduced on what has been over the last couple of years, which means that they will need to, regardless of, of this spend, what we earn, I get all that. But they're going to have to go above that for me. I am definitely they, you should have done it last year for me they yeah, definitely have to do it this that. year are you confident in them doing that over the next well not I 20 think, days but the next 6 months I think they're going to have no choice because Newcastle should scare the shit out of them um, if they want to keep Liverpool and I'm just look if they want to keep Liverpool as being a top 4 side they are going to have to put their hand in their own pocket and if they don't then there's every chance that we fall out of the top 4 and that's just being honest and realistic. The squad, I think you did a pod last year, it was way before I came on, and you were apoplectic at the fact that we were going through window after window after window, and we weren't reducing the age of the squad. We weren't adding enough quality. And eventually the pipe, you know, someone's going to have to pay the piper. And we're going through window after window after window of not addressing key areas in the squad for longevity, that um, next summer, this every window, you get an opportunity to improve your squad. Why we're oblivious to doing it in January is beyond me, because there's no reason why you can't find good players in January to finish the season and have them right for next summer and the next season. None. There's no reason why we can't, why we shouldn't, and take advantage of the fact that we're in a good position at the minute. We're in a strong enough position as a club to be able to take advantage of a January window. There are players out there that are good players. You don't have to be a world-class superstar to be coming into Liverpool to improve us at the minute. Um, If they don't put their own hand in their own pocket this summer, they're going to hurt their own investment. And that's something I can't see happening. The one thing that FSG are very good at is very good at making money and increasing the value of the club. And to maintain the value of Liverpool... You have to be in the Champions League year in, year out, without exception and without fail. Now, Arsenal at the minute are a very young squad, but they're by, they've bought well and they will be a force in the next two or three years. Spurs under Conte, who knows what they're going to do, but I can't imagine they're going to sit on their hands this January and this summer. So Conte will improve Spurs. Newcastle are going to come up on the rails. They'll stay safe this summer or this season, they'll stay in the league this this season, and then they'll go big over the next couple of years. There, There's another challenge. United will, at some point, get it right. You know, they're a standing joke at the minute, but they will eventually get it right. That's six powerhouses. 
And that's before you talk about Chelsea and Man City. So if they don't pull their finger out, we're going to be very much in conversations about top four and not in conversations about Premier League titles. Premier um, League going to be in Indonesia now with them. We've been playing the Super <laughs> Leagues. I wouldn't worry about it. Gav, you're laughing. I'm deadly serious. No, no, you're no. Not, no, absolutely no, no I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you. Um, I'm ahead if you think this Super League is not still coming around the corner. Oh, it'll come around every time there's a well, TV we, contract to be negotiated. Cynical OG says, by the end of January, when we haven't signed a single player, the FSG apologists will be dying on that proverbial hill. Good luck defending that. Um I don't know if we're FSG. I'm not an FSG apologist. I just call them as I see them, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. Um, because at the end of the day, they're the owners of the football club. They're not on the pitch. I care about what's on the pitch. I also care see, about. We say this. I, 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 I also care about what we do in the transfer market and what we do, um, how we look as a football club. That's why they made a huge mistake with the, with the Super League and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, there will be a FSG. One, one second. Barry Devney, if you think Newcastle are seven years away, you don't pay any attention to what what Saudi Arabia have been doing in sport for the last few years. No, they listen. If they stay I'm up, telling you that now. If they stay up, God love us all because they can do what the fuck they like. Because it, FFP They're don't giving Karen on Trippier one hundred and eighty grand a week. Yeah, they they yeah. don't have anyone coming near them until they get into Europe, and it won't matter. So yeah. it's it's they have three always, years worth of spending free. Yeah, exactly. they're going to end up with Mourinho as their manager next year, and. You yes. know, they're going to be a few years away. They're a few years away from, from really doing that because their squad is so poor at the moment. The trans, they can't do, they can't do it all in one window or one. No, but they know, can do it in about three or, or four. Year. I think it take three or four. Yeah. I think I, I wouldn't be worried yeah. about them quite at the moment. Okay. But the thing about what Cynical OJ is saying at the end of January, haven't signed a single player. That's your fault. If you're expecting them to sign a player, we don't fucking sign players. So don't get annoyed about it if it doesn't happen. Like yeah, but, but I can see, I can see, I can see where some annoyance comes from, Keith. Because at the end of the day, like Kev says, you have to protect your asset, you have to protect your interests. And if they're looking at, and I know there's players away in the Afcon, and they're only going to miss this and only going to miss that. But aside from that, we're looking at this squad now, and you have to ask questions. You do have to ask questions over some of the players and the quality and their ability to win games for Liverpool Football Club. You know, yeah. I mean, we 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 like listen. All of us here know Keith. What air. Uh, issues are with regards to the squad. We all know them. What yeah. what people are saying is, why can't we just do it today rather than telling us we'll kick it down the road for six months? Because in six months, you'd be sitting here going, we finished fifth. Because you know what? These fucking players got injured and these players were out of form and we didn't do anything in January and it was screaming at us. And that's where I do get where people come from with that, Keith. I genuinely do. Yeah, but it's, you know, Klopp is, forgetting about FSG, look at Jürgen Klopp. Jürgen Klopp, will not want to bring in three players in January to prop up a Liverpool squad because it's not how he coaches. Do you know what I mean? He, he was desperate for centre-back last year. They didn't get the one they wanted, which we know was Canate. Uh, we knew at the t- well, we suspected at the time was Canate, but we were playing Leipzig in the Champions League. So we weren't, weren't going to get him and we, we ended up with a mishmash of shy. We're not going to sign two or three players in January if we sign one, we'll be doing great. But there's no point in then getting bleeding annoyed with FSG and, you know, born and bleeding effigies of them because they didn't sign players. Like, Klopp is the manager as well. And Klopp doesn't, like, he works with a squad. He won't sign a forward, for example, because Salah and Mane are at AFCON because they'll be back in January. No, but he should be signing the forward because Divac Origi isn't on the pitch and Minamino isn't being given opportunities. 
This yeah, but he will. Say. That's he you, should you be doing you that. Do, but he, he trusts Divock Origi and he trusts yeah. Minamino and he trusts fucking everyone in that squad. He trusts no, that Harvey Elliott can come in and be a player. Jürgen he Klopp, sold, he, it's part of the buy-in. If you buy Keith, in, he'd have sold the Rigi if he'd got a good enough offer. How many has he done it to? How many has he done it to? Divock Origi will run down his contract and will move forward. Yeah, he will. It's his biggest flaw. It is his biggest flaw, but it's part of the money. That's what you're getting yeah. His loyalty to players is his biggest flaw, in my opinion. So there's well, no look, point in getting annoyed with fucking oh, yeah, FSG yeah. without I, I getting annoyed that. with Jürgen Klopp. That's my point. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not one. It's everything. It's 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 why Klopp is so good. We're so successful. It's not just Klopp. Yeah, it's mainly Klopp. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. it's FSG supporting them. It's it's Michael Edwards doing his things. It's fucking everyone else. And don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not giving them the credit. It is Klopp. But it works because everyone works and pulls in the same direction. Do you know what I mean? So you have to, if you, if you love Klopp and you want Klopp to be, we know what Klopp is, that's part of the payoff. Do you know what I mean? He's not going to just buy players. He's, you was it Pep came out and said, you have to rehash, you have to refresh your squad every year. To be successful, you have to refresh your squad. Klopp won't do that. He'll refresh one or two, but he's not going to do major overhauls unless he really has to. After the Champions League against Real Madrid, when we went and we had to get rid of Carrius. We had to upgrade. We had to get in Fabinho. He paid big and he done that. What will be a big telltale sign to me, lads, is what sort of direction we're going in. And the, all the talk is now that it's close and his entourage are close. Yeah. Mohamed Salah yeah. would not commit for another three or four, five years to this club if he doesn't think he's going to yeah. be competing for trophies. And you don't, don't think he just walks in and goes, I want 500 grand a week. No, he doesn't. He's going to turn around and go, okay, where are we going? Club's out the door in 2024. My contract will probably take me slightly past that. So what are we going to be doing to make sure that we're still competing? The same these are the conversations that will be had. Same with Van Dijk, Alisson. Yeah, but they these were all asking not the the primes of a career hanging around just for a paycheck because they could have done it somewhere else. So yeah. you need to, you need to think about that. All right? If they yeah. would have got more, you're dead right, Kev. So you need to look at it that way. People, it's not like FIFA where you walk in and say, we'll give you 500 grand. No, it's not. It's way more complex than this. You need to understand. Look at, look at Salah. Look how driven he is. He's not going to sit around Liverpool lingering in top four battles for the next yeah. four or five years. He's not going to commit to it. Yeah. And the words is he wants want to stay. Yeah, so he's he going to want assurances. The same way players signing contracts in exactly. the last couple of months wanted probably assurances on Salah. Um, so look, we better you need to think about it that way. We're nearly two hours in here. Um, but before we do, um, I'll, I'll give you a run-through on what's coming this week. A couple of people have asked about uh, football in the world. Or um, what's the other name for the man on football shop? Man on shop. Um, I nearly forgot there because football in the world is the only thing it's fucking called at this stage. Um, but I'll give you a run-through on that and what we have coming up for the rest of the week. But, Johnny, before we go, um, there was a very sad story over Christmas. I am... Um, uh, around a friend of yours and his girlfriend who passed away on Christmas Day, the morning of Christmas Day. And um, I know you wanted to mention it. I know you wanted to give it a mention. And you wanted to give a shout out to the community around um, this this girl that died um, or passed away. It's very, very, very sad. But I know you wanted to give a mention to um, the great work that's gone on since Christmas Day and raising money for the family and stuff. Yeah, so it's been a bit of a, it's been a bit of an odd one for me this Christmas because... Uh, uh, on Christmas Day, I got word that a friend of mine, had, his girlfriend had passed away. And uh, people who watch the show like long enough will probably remember, I actually done a podcast with him. His name is Rush. And he used to run a podcast called uh, Conversations of Coffee. And 
I had him up in the bunker and he's a, lo- a lovely lad, a lad I know a long time and he's a t- he's a huge Liverpool fan. Um, and he, uh, I know on a, on another night he would have been listening in. Uh, maybe he is tonight, I don't know. But And I know some of Sarah's family would have listened in as well. But unfortunately on uh, Christmas Day, she, she passed away suddenly um, due to an issue. And I'm just going to state now that it's not vaccine related. It, that it's not. So please don't start with that shit. But I won't go into anything else because personally, it's not really my story to tell. But um, it's been a tough week, I've, but... What one thing that I learned is like uh, there's a few people I want to mention now just from around the community. From anyone that doesn't know me, I'm from I'm from Drimna, Dublin Twelve, um, and there's a couple of lads I want to mention. So there's George McKay Fitness, there's um, Old County Football Club, there's Greg Connolly Coaching, there's Anthony Anthony Dunigan from Crumlin. There's football clubs from all over Drimna. You have the Bosco, you have Crumlin, you had Bangor, you had. James's Gales, uh, they all got together um, and they set up a GoFundMe. Now, I think the lads from the the account, um, they shared this, the story and they, they happened to raise nearly close to €50,000 for this girl and her family. Um, she was just 23, so it, it's no age to go, really. But um, it just I, I wanted to use this platform to, to pat those lads on the black and one of the lads who really dig, dug, dug it out was Daniel Cleary he's actually a former alumni of uh, Liverpool he, he played there as a young lad and he's actually just signed to go out to St. Johnson in Scotland so all the best of them and I know Daniel has often listened into the show as well but it was a real big community effort and they, they pulled together and just uh, in a time at the time that we're living in at the moment where it's so easy to be divided depending on what your stance is on certain things, whether it's vaccine statuses or football teams, that it's always better to come together than to be divided. And um, it's just an unbelievable lift. And I know how great it was to the family and how grateful you are for everyone that pulled together. So a big pat on the back. And to anybody involved in the podcast who shared and donated, uh, I can't thank you enough. And it was just a massive thing to me. Um, Keith said earlier about having the stomach for these games. I actually haven't gave too much of a fuck about football for the last week because it put it all into perspective for me that it means fuck all, lads. And tomorrow's not guaranteed. And just to be nice to each other when you can and people that are close to you, don't take a second of it for granted because life is fucked up and things can just change like that. So let's not waste time being bitter or anything like that. And uh, that's all I have to say, Gavin. Thanks very much, Gavin, because I know you shared it yourself well and uh, anyone else who shared it. It's just, it's uh, it's been a tough week for me. And thankfully, I have good people around me. And it's not even for me because Ross is one of my one of my mates and how strong he's been through it all. And I just want to give him a big shout out and just let him know that he's not alone, that the whole community are behind him and the family. Yeah, it's it's um, it was a terrible, sad thing to, to learn on Christmas Day. Um, when you when you let us know, and I I remember you doing the podcast with Ross in the studio, um, and you want me a nice fella, honestly. No, you, I remember you, you telling me at the time how like I didn't know the podcast at the time, and you told me, and you're like, look, this fella is just bang on. He's a, if you, you you could probably still go back and still find it, and he's he's just a terrible nice fella, and you know it was awful news on Christmas morning, and like we did share, we made a donation, um, and you know. To Ross and and Sarah's family, if, if any of them are watching, um, our commiserations. Um, 
you know, or our condolences, sorry, that's the wrong word to use, our, our, our heartfelt condolences um, to Ross and, and Sarah's family on, on what's a, a very, very, very sad um, occasion um, and, you know, week, 10 days, whatever it is at this stage. Um, and we're all, we're all thinking it and if there's any way myself, Shawnee or any of the day trippers can support in any way, whether how small or big that might be, absolutely don't... Um, I've spoke closely to um to to Sarah's uncle and on New Year's Eve we mm. we had a football tournament in Brickfield Park and the talk is now that this will become an annual thing. Now there was some really really good players down. There were some professionals down there, like Jake Moraney from Atlanta United was down there, and Tyreek Wilson from from Bohemians around Ireland. They were all down and they were playing. Um, and it, it, they want they they want this to be an annual thing where um, we do this every year, and we want all people from all ethnicities, backgrounds, no matter what you are, where you're from, what age you are, they want to do this every year. So um, coming around this time next year, it will be there, and you will be able to if you're in and around the Dublin area, uh, you'll be able to throw your name in the half of this five. So look, it's all for a good cause, and the family said. This time next year, it won't be about money. It's just all about just doing something here in home memory and keeping our spirit alive. And again, Gav, I can't thank you all enough because you've been a great help. Yeah, um, and look, if this is a if this is a yearly thing, I can tell you now that the that this podcast will will commit <coughs> to that on a yearly basis in whatever shape or form that we need to commit to, whatever we're told, whatever way we're told to commit. Um, because we're not the sort of people that row in and go, we'll do this and we'll do that. We don't, mm. we ask, what do you need? And they tell us and then we try our best. So, um, again, from all of us, um, you know, we're thinking of Ross and we're thinking of Sarah and Sarah's family. And we couldn't have left this show tonight, especially with Shawnee being on and being close enough to that situation without saying something. So, um, yeah, the but, efforts of the community have made yeah, like huge, national yeah. newspapers. Yeah, it's, it's made huge. national newspapers because it's, it's been. It, you know, it's it, it's it's a it's a horrible situation. But when you see the the good of people, especially in times we're in, because a lot of people are down, a lot of people are, you know, just not not themselves because of the way things are in the world for the last it's fair to know, two years now in, in March won't it be? So um, yeah, look. Shawnee's put it absolutely perfectly and all I can say for myself, Keith, Shawnee, um, Kev and everything yeah. else at the day, tri- anyone else at the day trippers that if we can help in any way today, tomorrow or in a year's time or whenever, um, in, in the smallest possible, in, in the smallest way to the biggest way, we will absolutely do our best to do that because, um, that's what it's all about at the end of the day, isn't it? We, we yeah. talk and we row about football, but when something like this happens, it's, it puts, it puts everything into perspective. It really does. Um, with regards to the rest of the week, um, we're trying to get back to some sort of normality with, with a routine because of Christmas and the new year and we all drank too much. Um, but I know tomorrow we should have, tomorrow's Monday, so we should have a forum tomorrow. Um, not too sure on Tuesday. We might have a bit of fun on Tuesday if we can. Uh, Wednesday is going to be the midweek fix, and that'll be a, a, a preview of, of the Arsenal game. Thursday will be we'll be here after the Arsenal game. Where it is Thursday, isn't it? Arsenal. Um, we'll be here after we'll be here afterwards with uh, full time Reds. Um, Friday the lads should be back with Sports Unplugged, and then we get back into absolute normality. Football in the world or um, man on football shows. It's known to some people um, that we're, we will be back next Monday not tomorrow next Monday and um, we'll be looking to go Monday towards the again again Monday will be a, a bit of fun where we just reminisce about football and towards the as always we put a bit more research into it and we try to do um something where we 
yeah, we research and have a, a bit of a deeper dive. Um, from tomorrow, 2 p.m., um, you will find me on this channel um, with the Cop Update show. Um, every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and Friday at 2 p.m., fingers crossed. That's going to be a, no- a news update show for around Liverpool. But by all means, feel free to come on, give your opinions. We will talk transfers throughout the month of January. And we will talk transfers on all our shows as well as we go at 10 o'clock every night. But if you can... Join me at 2 o'clock tomorrow. I will bring some news around Liverpool to you. We'll talk transfers. We'll talk what we need, what we don't need, how we feel and stuff like that. And we'll have a nice time from 2 to half 2 every weekday from here on in. Kev, anything else before we go? Nah, mate. Listen, um, my condolences to Sarah's family and to Ross. Heartbreaking situation. It just gives a bit of reality. It's a reality check for everyone. Um like you said, we're all in this together, really. And that's the one thing that this channel that I've known over the last few years has done is uh, if you can help, we will help. And look, today was just a game. Tomorrow we'll wake up and we'll go again. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Keith, anything else before we go? Just to echo what Kev said, you know, football, it's, yeah, in the moment, it feels like the most important thing in the world, but it's really not. And, um, you know, 23 years old to pass away on Christmas Day. It's, it's no age. And, you know, I've, I've been following the story and, and what's been going on. And, and it's great to see, you know, a community like Drimnet that in the past has probably had a bit of negative press about it. Absolutely. What people, you know, what the people in there do, you know, it's like most inner city or working class areas, um, in many, many major cities. You know, when the, the chips are down and the shit hits the wall, it's the working class that, that gets stuck in and, and sort of drive the communities on. So look, gutted for, for Sarah's family and, and for our partner and for Shawnee and anyone else that knew the people or were connected to or the community in general. So, you know, football's important, but it's not that important at the end of the day. No, it's not. Not when you see things like that happen. Um, and like I said, we come on here to talk. We come on here to have a laugh, try to be balanced, um, have a laugh for everyone in the chat, take the mick out of each other. Um, and ourselves, we actually just slag ourselves most of the time. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, when you see something like that happen, you kind of sit back and you go, you know what? Um, it's not something to get a podcast or something like that is not, it's not something to get too upset over. Um, because, it doesn't really matter when you when you see things like that happening in the world. It really doesn't. Um, Shawnee, you've spoken so well on that. Um, yeah. Talk shy about football for the rest of it. Um, <laughs> but anything else before we? But go? It's, a we- it's a welcome distraction, Gavin. Thanks again, everyone. That's all. That's all I can say. And, um, just be nice to each other when you can, because yeah. nothing is promised. That's all I'll say. That's the last thing I'll say. I was only messing. You weren't talking to you about football. You, you made some really, really. Good nah, points. boy, nah. I, I don't want you to know what I mean. All, you know what I mean? There's enough dickheads in the world. Right, okay. That has been um, the Fatback 4 for this Sunday night. Um, Hit the like on your way out. Hit subscribe if you can. Share. Check out the shows coming all week. And as I said, we have five extra shows a week coming um, minimum starting tomorrow. That has been it. Talk to you in a bit. Over now. Sports Social Podcast Network.